Around Comics, Episode 27. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. I am the world's forgotten boy. Welcome back, Sal. It's good to have you on the show again. It's good to be back. All right. We are joined, as always, by our Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. It is no fun working in a 110-story Target. <laughs> Some Tom, current events. Tom, <laughs> Tom works in the Sears Tower. So. Yeah, so. And our guest today is the writer of the upcoming series from Image Comics called Phonogram. He is Kieran Gillen. Hello. <laughs> Good evening. Kieran, thank you for being on the show and welcome to Around Comics. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, we actually have a, um, a little announcement here. We have uh, procured a sponsor for Around Comics that we are very excited to announce, and Sal is going to tell you a little bit about them. Well, this episode is sponsored by YouBuyNow.com, your spot on the web for toys, action figures, and collectibles. Check out their excellent selection of DC Direct, Marvel Legends, Master Replicas, Star Wars figures, and more. That's YOUBuyNow.com. And now the good folks at YouBuyNow.com are offering a 10% discount to all Around Comics listeners. Just use the coupon code AROUNDCOMICS, all one word, when placing your order and receive an additional 10% off. YouBuyNow.com, check them out today. Do it! And Chris, I believe you, uh, didn't you recently buy something from them? Uh, I bought one through one of their other companies, but uh, um, uh, you by now is affiliated with a couple other sites that that we'll actually talk about a little bit later. But yes, uh, Brian and the guys at you by now have been fantastic. And uh, one thing I wanted to say is that we've had a lot of people emailing and contacting the show asking for ways to support around comics, and which we appreciate greatly. We we do appreciate, but we don't want you to to send us money because we don't want our listeners to ever feel like they have to buy what we're putting out because we enjoy this. You the, can send me money. You can specifically. Send Tom, Tom but the best it. the best way to support around comics is to support our sponsors. Uh, I think everybody wins that way. Uh, our sponsors get a new customer. You get something that is really cool, and the advertising dollars that we get from those sponsors is going to go right back into the show to make this the best comic book podcast that we can make it. So uh, check out youbuynow.com and uh, treat yourself to something nice. And, uh, All right, and enough of those. Enough of okay. the plugs. Enough. Enough. All right. enough. Now, um, let's, now let's plug a book. Oh, oh. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I have a couple more announcements. Um, Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 or 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. Located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please come by and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you. Uh, Dark Tower is now offering 20% discount on all purchases made during the show. Just mention us and get 20% off. It's great. Uh, we actually had a couple guys come in before the show today. Uh, Benji and... Oh, Bernie. Bernie. 
My Benji. Sorry, sorry, Bernie. Uh, Don't forget about our June contest. This month, write a comics or around comics themed haiku. Email it to info at aroundcomics.com. We're going to read a few of those at the end of the show. And if you have a chance, uh, drop by iTunes Music Store and write us a review. And those are the announcements. (sighs) On with the entertainment portion. Kieran, now now you get to talk. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about buy it now, Doc? <laughs> you buy it now. Buy it now, you buy it now. He's already butchering I'm the sponsor's the, I'm name. A big fan. <laughs> Kieran, good, good to hear. You you are working, or actually have uh, have finished the first issue of a really unique book that is coming out from Image called Phonogram, and uh, before we on on this side of the phone line butcher what this is about why don't you uh, take a couple minutes and tell our listeners um what phonogram is about and a little bit of the concept behind it well i mean if if we're gonna if we were in a kind of hollywood pitch meeting and i had to do the dirty high concept it would be kind of like high fidelity meets hellblazer it's kind of um so essentially it's the idea of pop music and magic or specifically that pop music is magic i mean um you know how music works the, it just kind of affects people and changes people. Well, and I know it's a record, and you feel happier or sadder or whatever. And, but you know that's basically a magical act. So we're taking that metaphor and turning it into the actual thing that drives the plot. So essentially, it's about these people called phonomancers who kind of just move through life and use records and music and everything around music in a way to alter their and each other's lives. And specifically, it's kind of a it's a kind of a big idea. So we'd like to actually do other series, but the first mini series is specifically about one guy called David Cole, who's not a particularly nice guy. And he ends up the sort of, essentially have to deal with history and the idea of um, essentially what, what memories actually mean in pop music. And that's kind of what the first story is about. Now, I, I know that you, you sent us some material on this, a preview of it, and, and, and a lot of the material you had in the back of the book uh, was, was very helpful in understanding, you know, where you guys came up with this idea. But your background is in journalism, music journalism, as, as well as um, other types of journalism. But you obviously have a deep love for pop music, and I think that's sort of where this all stemmed from, um, hmm. if I'm if I'm correct. Well, so, yeah, it's a weird one, because um, people ask me where I got the ideas from, and it's like most of the ideas I've had in comics, I can sort of go, okay, I was in the toilet, and it descended from heaven. But phonogram, I really can't. It just sort of like crept up on me. And I thought, if I look at stuff I've written all the way back from when I was like a fanzine writer, when I was like 18 or so, I could sort of see traces of what I was sort of heading towards. Uh, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure where the idea came from in that way, but it's very much like it is very me, and it's me trying to actually argue that all these sort of the, this weird voyeuristic life people get through pop records is actually worthwhile and interesting and fun, you know, because it is fun. Uh, I really thought originally when I heard what the idea was that I thought it was sort of too high concept, but then when I read it, I recognized immediately people I know in my own life. Uh, who use mixtapes to <laughs> generate feelings in other people that aren't necessarily, you know, the most altruistic attempts. And I really found myself really, really enjoying it quite a bit, and I, I loved it. I loved it. It was a great book. But I agree. That's what kind of interests me, in that the idea of music and magic is a bit, you know, high-floating and, like, airy-fairy sort of stuff. But people but, um, do it all the what time. Interests yeah. me, what interests me about music is that kind of how it gets people in terms of like in everyday life and that's that's where we're actually all about i think well that's you know i I talked to you a little bit 
uh, about the, that and, and where I'm not, I was never the type of person that was had a deep emotional connection with music. I always liked music, I always listened to music, but I was never, I never had that real deep connection with music and I always sort of envied it. So I wasn't sure how I was going to experience the book, but it gave me sort of a look at that personality and at that world and at the people that do have that connection and I really enjoyed it and was was able to understand it a bit more from it. So I think it worked and you even talked about this to some degree that you really wanted to write the book on many levels so that as many people could enjoy it as possible and I and I really think that it worked that way. I'm I'm pleased because it's it's kind of like you, you do worry and you write this especially for like Knicky how many people in America know who Knicky are and you, you just kind of hope the idea that people get the idea of somebody being into a band and just kind of get it in a sort of sociological way. I mean, the, the sort of the standard metaphor we use, like, if you read Lord of the Rings, you don't need to know all the history. You don't need to know what elf did, what mean thing to another elf 800 years before the book started. But, you know, some people enjoy reading that much into it. But you can actually get the actual narrative just because it's a coherent narrative. Oh, mostly coherent, anyway. That's, you know, that's the plan. <laughs> well, I, I think one of the things that you accomplished in... In in the book, in the glossary of you know you know this is the band that's mentioned here and and this is who is mentioned here, and I know that for Tom and I you know I I you know came out of high school and became a huge Afghan Wigs fan and mm. you know I I know who the Buzzcocks yeah. are. I've I mistakenly to... bought a Cooler Shaker record <laughs> <laughs> and regretted it almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but you know as I as I'm reading this book I. I kind of experimented around. I, I read the I, I read the first issue three times this week, and the first time I read it was in like you know total silence and and read it and loved it. And then the next time I played uh, Afghan Wigs, gentlemen, and listened you know to that while I'm reading the book, which was a completely different experience. And then the last time I read it, uh, I listened to uh, the first Stooges CD, and whatever soundtrack you put to this book changes the way that you read it in ways which is really cool I mean that, yeah, that excites me because that's uh, kind of what I'm in fact, kind of, if Phonomancy was real that's the sort of thing that these people will be doing in the comic so it's kind of like um, you're kind of treating the comic the way the characters in the comic would treat it if that makes any sense yeah. and I like that because you know I, I, when I wrote it I was doing that you know I wrote a lot of the especially the Cole a lot of Cole's monologues in the first issue I was obsessing over uh, Gentleman because it's you know, this, this pungent powerful album uh, and d- deeply self-confident, but also deeply wrong. Um, but, you know, yeah. So it's quite. I quite like the idea. You know, I there, there was this. Um, what was the album called? Um, taking drugs to make music to take uh, drugs sp- to. Spiritualized. Uh, basement free. Yeah, spir- <laughs> spiritual. Like bootlegs. Oh, yeah, I quite yeah. like that. It's like listening to music to write comics to listen to music to. <laughs> I don't know. I quite. I like the idea anyway. Well, you know, you're talking about David Cole, and and he's to me one of the most interesting characters I've seen in comics in, in quite a, a while um, at what point did you con- or, or did you consciously make the decision to make him the bastard that he is <laughs> he is not a nice guy <laughs> no but that's what I like about him is that he's not a nice guy and, and, and or, or he has some issues but uh, I mean he's an interesting character because of it yeah. I'm just wondering was that, a, was that something you set out to do initially or did the character sort of develop in that way as the story progressed, it's kind of like a lot of the. Um, I mean, there's not many nice people in Phonogram. It's kind of, and that's kind of my look at. It's kind of one of the sort of cotton, sorry, the subtle comments. The people are actually completely blind to pop music and do this. Something, something's not right with them, you know. That, that some people can be lovely, and there's elements, but there's always something, 
something that's driven them to do this. Uh, and Cole's like that. As in, um, I mean, especially because later on we'll meet Cole and we'll see Cole before he was essentially a phone master, if only for a second, and how he was when he was just starting to be a phone master, and how he's changed and how, you, you know, essentially he curdled as a personality. And it's kind of, the first issue is very much Cole at his worst. And it kind of, you know, the, the, the one worry, of course, we showed the first 10 pages and we were kind of, we kind of, we kind of, in fact, some people didn't get it, but some people, like, would just take him as, oh, you meant to like him? As in, you meant <laughs> to think he's a positive person to be. And he's, um, he's, he's compulsive. <laughs> but I wouldn't say he's uh, particularly, uh, you know, a, a decent example of a human being. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because there's parallels between that sort of behavior and people that collect comic books, too. There's sort of, like, crossover between, like, certain people. I, when I was in high school and I got into, you know... The reason I started buying stuff like Suede or Manic Street Preachers when I lived in like Green Bay, Wisconsin, was because I wanted to be different. Not really because I always necessarily, you know, really identified with it. And people take sort of ownership of that stuff and sort of say, this is what I am. You know, just like how people identify with certain comic books. And that's how they want to express themselves, which I thought mm -hmm. was really like a really interesting parallel that I'd never seen anyone really draw before. People that want to use these other art forms to say who they are yeah it's that sort of it's that, that obsessive mindset I mean I think it's um, I mean pop music or comics in fact quite a lot of the things can kind of um, especially for a developing personality it's kind of a crutch as in you realise a band a band acts like this therefore I can act like this and it's like you kind of you step into the chrysalis and you come out as somebody else mm -hmm. I mean that's kind of um, the character uh, character in the first issue Emily Astor the um uh, the girl in the scene, which isn't in the preview. Uh, I mean, she's she's very much that. As in, kind of, at the point of her character, she used to be someone else completely different. And then one day she decided, no, I don't want to be that person anymore. And she essentially transformed herself into the creature she is now. Who's, um, you know, an another quite bad person. <laughs> but um, bad, but having fun. Well, previously she was a bad person who wasn't having fun. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as, far as, as far as music changing you, I, I think that, you know, if you're talking about the magical properties of music and and Sal and I have been talking about this off and on throughout the week and you know I tell people a lot of time you know I will talk about you know your musical taste and it's like you know I'm you know 12 years old watching Friday night videos <laughs> at like 11 o'clock at night one summer and U2's New Year's Day came on and I remember it was right after a Chicago Stay the Night video <laughs> and that, uh. that, that was the watershed moment that changed I watched that video and I said that's the kind of music that I want to listen to and that was a definite before and after moment for me and was it a magical occurrence well n not in a mystical way but you know for well, me, me and I mean my, what is magic though I mean I think that's sort of the point not to, to but but what you know it's sort of defining what is magical i mean something you can't explain it's it's like love or hate or i mean you can't mm -hmm. explain how those emotions well, it's occur. that it's that it means something and music means something to people and it's amazing well, how it's been able to be brought over into a comic like that yeah well i absolutely maybe we should talk about sort of the the, the metaphysics of a phonogram <laughs> and and well, no I mean like like because no, I had I had the I had the deeper everyone a little bit deeper well I had the the question of of you know what makes someone a photomancer or what are they using 
You know, I, I was a little confused at the part of the book where where they were remembering, uh, or Cole was remembering, um, flashback. The, the Kaneki scene. Yeah, the Kaneki scene. Yeah. And I was sort of confused by what he was doing. At, well, I mean, I know what he was doing, or what he, you know, but <laughs> he's trying to get laid. <laughs> yeah. We've all used music for that. For that. Well, but, that what doing, but what he was doing to her, you mean? Exactly. That's that's sort of where I was. I tell a, you a what, bit, we've got the author here. Why don't we, we ask him? <laughs> well, I'm trying to get to the question, but I was having a hard time. Sorry. <laughs> what what was what was what was Cole trying to do there? Well, actually, I was the metaphor I was talking about. It's that whole scene is about. Um, she, uh, the girl thinks Cole's someone else, essentially. As in, she thinks he's he's this incredibly nice guy who likes Kaniki, and is in. And the fact that they share this love of music makes him someone else, when really he's not. Cole's actually understanding of music is completely understanding of Kaniki is completely different. She, she's not the per. He's not the person she thinks thinks she is. He is rather. So, uh, and the metaphor essentially on music is Cole, Cole is and the Cole is one night stand. It's a one night stand. He's not going to give her a phone number. He's not going to have anything to do with her after that point. She's essentially going to, from Cole's perspective and her perspective, they might as well not exist anymore. And I, you know, I, I've known people who've done that, and I, you know, I've maybe didn't done it myself once or twice. But fundamentally, <laughs> and now they know where um, to find you. <laughs> so, so fundamentally, he's trying to essentially, um, it, it, what actually is wipe her memories of that event. Uh, about so, it might as well not have existed. If I'm saying, okay, does that make any sense? That, 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 yeah, that, that that's sort of what I, I was. The way music, what's to say? It's an influence, that's an example of the way music has influenced somebody in their life, and I've kind of fired that through the metaphor, and that's what happened. Um, of course, you can just take it a surface level reading. I think so. Cole's done a spell with some kind of uh, with a Knicky record, but mm-hmm. that, you know. But metaphorically, Cole did a spell by pretending to like Knicky in a way that she didn't, and essentially uh, abused the trust because she didn't know better. Um, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think I was looking, I mean, obviously on the surface I understood it, and even metaphorically I understood it. It was sort of the simplest form of magically what was he doing, you know what I mean, or or how. I did the same thing with R.E.M.'s Life's Rich Pageant back in, like, 94. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it never worked for me. I, no. I remember, um, what's the word? Actually, I remember some guy doing it with the bands, uh, specifically this, this DJ I used to know. And he was like, oh, yeah, gushing, oh, yeah, I really like the bands. It's like, you don't like the bands. You're just trying to sleep with this girl. <laughs> it's just um, a tool. It's just a tool to get what you want. Hi, I'm Matt Friction, and this is uh, Around Comics, and it's a podcast that you listen to on your pod, and it's casted to your pod, and you can listen to it, and it's sweet. And I, I love it, and I love you. All right, so one thing, and we're going to deviate here, because Sal and I were both going to take you to task on this. Um, oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Not Coolish no, Shaker fans, are you? No, no, no not Coolish Shaker <laughs> well, fans. No, but it might be a misunderstanding because I think I think I may have misread it or misunderstood mm-hmm. what he said. But in the in the in the back of the uh, in the in the glossary, you were talking about the Buzzcocks, and and how you know they were basically the beginning of punk. And You're talking I, to some big Ramones fans here, pal. <laughs> yeah, I had. Okay, a, okay. I, I love. I'm sorry. They were the beginning of punk as a kind of what's the word? If Pete, okay, I, I look, go back. Uh, punk was an absolute fundamental thing. I, you know, I, I Hearing back that one? well after the fact. <laughs> what I think in terms of actual commercial influence, in terms of songwriting and approach, and in terms of records which you hear, people take more from the Buzzcocks than okay, uh, that, that... any other band. I think. I mean, in terms of actually basic, you, your basic really uh, rubbish um, pop punk band mostly takes from um, uh, the Buzzcocks more, more than even the, you know, because uh, the Ramones are so stripped down. The, the, you can tell if you're hearing a Ramones rip-off band 
Well, for buzzcocks, they're a little bit more sophisticated. Sure, they've sure. kind of got the, the they, they kind of like permeate more. I mean, you know, it's very easy to look at, say, a lot of like the '90s sort of crossover pseudo punk stuff. Um, Blink One Eighty Two. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they really started out sounding like uh, the buzzcocks for me, and they sound more like the Clash now, but fundamentally, especially the, even on the indie in, in the indie side, I and mean, the people aren't even being punk. The sort of um, that, uh, that sort of punk indie stuff. Like uh-huh. even Knicky, Knicky were you know big obvious buzzcocks influence. Um, yeah, but that's just kind of my, my analysis of it anyway. <laughs> okay, well, we'll really watch like, it. I don't really like the Buzzcocks. Oh, as well, so do I. I, yeah. I, I mean, no question. I, I was listening to Buzzcocks and, uh, it's just and one of those, Afghan Wigs on the way here. It's just <laughs> one of those, like, you know, 15-year-old punker, you know, mentality of, like, you know, screw you, you don't know what you're talking about. You Black know, flag is when <laughs> punk started. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, but, but as I've said before, I'm, like, musically inept, so, you know, I'm sure... You would probably know way better than I would. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I've been known to be fundamentally wrong on many occasions. That's kind of like, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we've got the letters page in the back of the uh, comic, is that, you know, we actually want people to write and say, no, you're full of shit here. It's actually like this. <laughs> um, we, we, we've got quite yeah. like debate and talking, because that's kind of part of it, too. Someone, um, yeah. <laughs> someone will try and use that knicky trick. It's, kind of the, it's one of the reasons why in this, that, I'm not going to say I keep the magic, magic systems vague, but I keep the magic systems open. Uh-huh. Look, the idea is, a lot of phone have their own magic systems. The idea: this is how this works. And well, in the same way, there's lots of different there's lots of different conflicting magical belief systems. Anyway, sure. All uh, these different sort of philosophies about what pop music means or what music means generally. Kind of each have their own phone avatar. If that makes sense. So yeah. There, there was actually something I was going to ask you about, and uh, I think this was posted on one message board or another this week about uh, about the uh, the lettering on the cover <laughs> about some you, you know freaked you, out some Thieben? people man yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well I knew about that before I I, it's on the, I think it was on his own board maybe or the image board somebody uh, oh no it was Warren Ellis's board the the Theban. Mm. Type, but you had said that it was only half a sentence, so that you weren't going to get it anyway. Explain yeah. yourself. And, and actually, one of our uh, one of our posters, uh, Amy in the in the UK, uh, says, uh, um, "Ask him if the words on the cover in Theban mean anything, because I'm getting nothing when I try and translate it." <laughs> um, I, okay. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm not going to say because I think people should have, have to decode it themselves. A, but it's kind of squiggly Stephen, and if I remember rightly, McKelvey actually put it upside down. <laughs> uh, so uh, I believe it actually upside down, so it's slightly harder to decode anyway. That's why I didn't um, recognize it. Is that what the Ouija down. board told him to do? I tried to decode it and <laughs> gave up. I just, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Please I... buy phonogram. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and actually, uh, uh, one of our other uh, good friends of the show, Brian Bowles, is actually the one who told us to, to track that down. So, um, uh, I've got a. Um, I'm going to get into a couple forum posts here and some questions. This is uh, this is from uh, Matt Kramer up in Wisconsin. Uh, he says, uh, with each issue having a soundtrack, are the albums associated with each issue needed for full comprehension and enjoyment of the series, or will they just add to the book? Uh, that being said, the only one of the albums associated with the title that I own is Elastica's self-titled uh, disc. You should get the rest. I what? really only can like that. So, uh, sorry, go ahead, go. Karen. Go, guest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I thought you were going to continue. Um, I think, uh, like, I believe that the comic is perfectly comprehensible and enjoyable without knowing any, you know, if you're an alien, you've never heard a pop record and you mean locked in a tiny cell I'll and you've never heard sound before. 
you know, just because you're a human being, you should be able to understand phonograms. And we deliberately, you know, Cole, I mean, Cole's quite useful because he's, he's a very verbal character and he's a very ranty character, so he's actually, he's quite good at getting exposition in naturally. And we've also got things like the glossary, and we deliberately get out of the way and say, you can go and listen to this, or this is a reference to whatever. But, um... Well, it, I, I mean, you know, it's like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You don't really need to know that what everyone everyone is in every single panel to understand why it's a really great comic. Uh, so you can you can decode it and find your own messages there, and you maybe even find messages we never even put there. Um, but, you know, in terms of actually being able to enjoy it, we, we think anybody should be able to pick it up and actually go through it, as long as they're willing to accept the idea that pop music can actually move people like that. Does that oh. make sense? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll um, maybe try and add on to that a little bit, and I think that you're you're right on in that you don't have to have n- not just listen to these records, but but worn a groove in them like I have with a lot of them. But I tell you what, if you loved the Afghan Wigs Gentleman record and really know what that record is about, the first half of of, of this comic means a lot more because you. Just by just by one of what one of the opening quotes um, that that Cole uses in the narrative sets him up that he's I wouldn't say a, a, he's not a sexual predator but he is a sexual creature. We're all sexual predators, Chris. <laughs> but but th- that record gives me that understanding of exactly where he is. It, it, does that? Would you agree, Kieran, or am I totally I, off I base? Agree. No, I would agree. You know, so I, I wrote it to it. You know. After he quotes, uh, he, you know, he actively quotes the Afghan words twice towards the end. It's obviously kind of like a hymn to him, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's just like the man he wants to be. You know, in his head, that's at least the man he wants to be that night. And, you know, the idea of going essentially to a feminist rock festival whilst thinking <laughs> he's a member of the Afghan Whigs, you know, that's, that, that's a statement in his, in his own mind. So, no, I agree entirely. You can get... I, I think <laughs> the people who actually will fall in love with Photogram the most, as in the, the people who go absolutely crazy obsessive over it, or we hope they will, what were the people who get the references? Yeah. The, you know, they will understand that. Well, you know, we're obsessive, like so we love it. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's going to be perfectly entertaining without it, if it makes sense. But you're right, you know, we did. We were trying to we're trying to get the stances of the records. We're trying to get the idea that these are essentially pieces of scriptures to these people. And they're trying to, you know, mirror bits uh, of the personality in it. Can you talk about that era of music and why it was you chose that uh, particular time uh, and style of music for this first miniseries? Well, um, it's kind of, it's, kind of, it's actually quite hard to actually work out why we've done the Britpop covers in the first issue, because we tried to make the first issue essentially stand alone, because we kind of like, the, you know, it's modern day, we want to try to get the sensation of what's happening now, because um, the actual plot as such is kind of about a memory and nostalgia, specifically. So we needed actually a sense of the present day, essentially. Um, but when the actual plot starts rolling, which is essentially episodes two to six, um, Fundamentally, it's about that. It's all about '94 to '96 in terms of looking back at it, um, if that makes sense. So, since most of the plot circles around that period, and what was interesting and important then, that's that's why we went for the six covers uh, from the period. It's probably worth noting, though, uh, that um, we're not. It's not. Actually, it's more about memory and nostalgia generally. We're kind of interested in Britpop because essentially it's ten years on from then. And if you're talking about nostalgia and memory, it's about that ten years before things start being recycled yeah. or start being commented upon by pop, uh, pop media. So the fact that Britpop is, of course, the movement. A, okay, it's the movement me and McKelvey were involved in. Yeah, B, it's also the movement that's kind of reached that point, so it makes a really good case study. I mean, we could have done the story about I don't know punk or hip or um, uh, Manchester or any any other thing if we wanted, but it's kind of it's just very timely and perfect to do it now because it's kind of um. Whilst the 
think the lessons we want to talk about are kind of universal specifics really help, I think. But yeah, that's why Britpop album covers, because, you know, the story's about it, essentially. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because it's, to me, why it rings more true is because it's the first thing musically that I went through myself that is now has nostalgia. You know, like, I otherwise everything I'd ever experienced music-wise was actually really just nostalgia for something previously. But I remember when all that stuff came out. And now I've got the weird feeling it's of what fir- it's, it's like the, it's to it's go through time, nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, it's the first <laughs> time that you started making musical decisions that, that weren't your parents or weren't, you know, other influences in your life. They were they were your, your yeah, choice. Yeah, and I was a dick back then, so <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> where, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Karen, we, we've talked about, you know, the concepts behind the work and and a few of the, the different scenes that, that we really enjoyed. One thing I wanted to, uh, to touch on was on the artwork, because I thought that Jamie McKelvey just did a fantastic job of, of penciling and 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 working the story to match what your writing was and i think sal's kind of our, our resident uh, art aficionado but uh, can you uh, take a couple minutes and talk about jamie mckelvey's work on this oh i'd love to yeah i mean mckelvey's kind of um he's sickening he's a sickening talented young man and he kind of gets better with every page because it's like um and it makes me quite excited to actually what it's going to look like when we get to episode four which is, episode four is absolutely fucking insane <laughs> uh, but you know, and it's going to be really interesting how McKelvey deals with it. But he's kind of—it's like it's all because from the first second I, I met McKelvey, it was like we we're at a Bristol Comic Con, and he just essentially showed me his portfolio. And I was pretty much the first thing I said to him: "This is great. I've got a comic I'm working on that you would be perfect for." And his work then was nowhere near as advanced as it is now. But I could still the kind of the basic elements, which kind of makes you know, phonogram uh, work for me. Uh, we're all there. I mean, it's, I mean, really. Ba- I mean, there's some really basic things he does. Like, he knows how people dress, you know, and he, he looks at people in, in the world, and he kind of like, okay, this is in, and this this sort of cut of hair cut would work. And the same way, like, you could read. There's, there's many comics uh, written by you know Marvel or DC which have teenagers in. They're not like teenagers. They've got no idea what teenagers look like. McKelvey knows what teenagers look like, and that's one of the that's one of the things that makes it absolutely convincing. Um, and that, that's what you know. And he's really good at body language, which is especially important, you know, for, you know, well, for, for subtle gestures and that sort of stuff. And he's interested in people and telling stories. Well, you know, yeah. What, one, one of the things that I felt is that, you know, that while, while you do have the supernatural in this book, it is really a pop culture book. It, it really deconstructs a lot of, of what we know, especially in our age group. I think everyone here is around 30, and it's very much a pop culture. And like you're saying, fashion is is a huge part of pop culture. And, you know, just the whole scene in the beginning of him getting dressed and and going through mentally what he should wear and why he should wear it and you know it, it was it was so well put together and I thought that the art conveyed that in a way that made your writing you know it created a world and and that was that's when writing and art whenever it works together like that makes a good comic. I you know I. Uh uh, that's basically why, I, yeah, you're right, that's why I like McKelvey. Uh, you know, I can't really say anything about myself, but um, I, I see when the pages come back, it's, it's, it's absolutely like I wanted it. It's kind of like, um, I mean, I've worked, you know, I've worked with different artists, and some artists, you know, bring something completely weird and unexpected. Uh, McKelvey, especially with the photogram scripts, the scripts are ludicrous, they're, you know, incredibly over-detailed, panelled layout things. 
But you know, and, um, Mikkel the actualize is the most ludicrously difficult things I've thought up perfectly, and it's you know, um, uh, and it got often better, you know, and it's like. It, it, it's great, uh, you know. It's fantastic to work with a man like that. I mean, it's great. I mean, you know, as a first, essentially, I mean, Mikel did Long Hot Summer last, you know, last year. But in terms of actually, what seems like essentially a first work for both of us, it, it just feels really good. It's like um, it feels like a debut single by a band, and we like that. It's good. <laughs> I'm very excited. Well, to me, it, it reminded me a lot of of two artists, um, Dave Gibbons for one, and the other was uh, Gilbert Hernandez. Um, oh yeah. A- a- and McKelvey would. Lo- I wish McKelvey was here because he would love to hear that. <laughs> well, I, I just think. Hear him sound embarrassed. <laughs> I think in the way that, and and I think it was the feel of it that I got the same way you get with Love and Rockets of that scene and that era and that time, and it really put you in it. And and I think it is that you know the details that he puts into it and the clothing, especially when you're talking about music and a music scene. I mean, clothing is probably. You know, the most important thing next to the music when, when it comes to, to, to that, you know, trying to convey that. And, and that's what I got out of I mean, Gibbons in, in, in a lot of his line work, but just that feel and the texture that he gave the story of putting me in back in that era and back in the clubs and back in, you know, uh, you know listening to a band every weekend and following them around and that kind of thing. So... Uh, yeah, I, in that culture. It certainly did, I, yeah. and I thought it, you know it, it was a great job. I, I do wish he was here that we could ask him if, if he. I mean, I don't know. Do you know it? Was he influenced at all by either one of those those artists? Um, was he? I mean, he. I don't think he was actually. Act, I think he was more like uh, influenced by uh, Love and Rockets indirectly in mm-hmm. that way because he, he's kind of um, uh, a lot a lot of the, a lot of the only artists uh, he you know he's very influenced by. And of course, a lot of them are influenced by Love and Rockets. And Gibbons, um, I, I, think, I think Gibbons and stuff like that, especially as an English crowd, I think it's hard, hard to get away from him, if it makes sense. As <laughs> sure, as you know, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing you mentioned about his um, uh, his understanding of, you know, trying to put people in a place, it's another really good thing about working with him in that he gets all the references and he understands the semiotics of clothing. And like, I won't need to explain why it's important for somebody having to wear something because he knows entrance and he'll put them in already, and he knows what sort of people will be in certain places. I mean, um, like the, the Lady Fest crowd scene is, is, is you know it's one of my favourite panels in the entire comic because um, you know he's got very specific uh, sort, of, sort of okay stereotypes is probably the word, but he, but kind of I want an understanding the stereotypes like he he drops he drops a bit uh, Butch Dyke in at the back and it, it's, it's a great it's a really good Butch Dyke. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to do sometimes. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, once again, you you you're creating a, an atmosphere with this book through music, through you know your storytelling, and through the art, and and it worked really well. Uh, hey, I've got a um, I've got another question here, and it's uh, it's actually by I believe a, a friend of yours, um, Sam, over in the UK, and he. Um, he requested that we ask you to explain phonogram using the analogy with Alan Moore and the Supremes. Um, I was going you know, obviously when I'm trying to work out how to pitch this, I'm sort of sitting desperately trying to brainstorm a high concept, because it's not, a, you know, it doesn't fit a high concept well, I think. I mean, you, you can get one, but it doesn't really tell the story. But one of the ones I came up with, which I thought was quite funny, though probably not that true, um... Uh, imagine Promethea if uh, Alan Moore cared more about uh, the, the the hand claps in the Supremes record than the um, uh, the, sock, the sock puppet he keeps in his bathroom. Is, is the way I describe <laughs> it. But that's kind of 
it, it, it's slightly glorifying, it's glorifying ourselves by comparing it to Promethea, uh, and not really, and it's also kind of slightly, slightly insulting to more, and it's not really meant to be insulting, it's meant to be cute, uh, so I've stopped using that one, because somebody absolutely told me a new one for using it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the other, you know, Promethea was an exploration of essentially Moore's metaphysics, in the same way that Protagon is an exploration of mine and McKelvey's metaphysics, but our metaphysics, we care more about pop music <laughs> than we do actual right. gods. Um, you know, that was something I thought about too. I was wondering, did you have any concerns with the book uh, being, and I don't mean this in any sort of disparaging way, but being so British? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, selling in the U.S. and as you know, somewhat close-minded as U.S. comic buyers may be. We are not. Well, I, I think there's two. There's Batman two. is in this, right? Well, well, there's two. The, to me, there were two two things going through my head. Is was one, you know, are they worried because you know a lot of the music and the references and the scene is is set in you know in the UK and, and but also, do you have you know is there is there ever an issue where you can't get out of the shadow of other creators like Alan Moore or a Warren Ellis or you know whoever it may be? Is that ever? something you concern yourself with or think about yeah all the time but you know uh, especially you know is it, is it too British yeah it boys the hell out of me um, <laughs> I mean it might, I mean, it might be I don't think about it on the other hand I, I can't get these are kind of issues I can't even deal with because it's just part of what the story is and it's part of what the idea is and uh, I could try to work around it but it essentially makes the work less true and the fact that the work has to be true avoids nothing if it makes any sense either it work or it doesn't <laughs> and if it, you know, as I said, even if, even if it's completely failed, it'll be an interesting failure. Is what I've heard, what I generally say. Well, here, uh, I don't think it will. Did, you know. did I, you, I don't think so either. Uh, now, mm. reading reading a book, and, and you had made the comparison of you know High Fidelity meets Hellblazer. Did you feel like High Fidelity, the novel, was a very British novel? Yeah, that, yeah of course, and it worked well as a film version transplanted to the US as well, though. You yeah. know. Um, Obsessive think, people are obsessive everywhere. Yeah, well, that 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 actually that was filmed in Chicago, so I guess that it's just people from Chicago that get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to AroundComics.com podcast new every Monday. For once, you won't be lying to your parents when you tell them you're not looking at porn. Um, actually, um, Sam had one more question, and he says now a proper question. Uh, what would you say your influences when writing were when writing this book, and what do you want to do after Phonogram? Would you take a mainstream work, and what would you like to work on if you did? So that's a lot of questions there. That's a lot of questions. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I was in the pub with Sam last night. Well, he could have asked me there. Um, <laughs> he's, a, uh, he's too shy. <laughs> it might, okay. It, what are the influences uh, on Phonogram specifically? Um, I think a lot. There's so many influences. Though. It's kind of like you end up making extremely long lists. I was very influenced um, in comics by. It's kind of since I sort of conceived it around 2003. Captions weren't particularly in fashion, so I was kind of interested in the idea of trying to renovate captions as a narrative device. Because it's like um, everyone's, you know, the idea of a uh, comics as film essentially. And I don't. I like comics as film, but I think you know, it, comics can be more than that. And I was trying to work out ways to be visual and try to use the medium, but without just trying to, you know, ape. Uh, special effects, stuff like, you know, we use the rips across the page uh, in uh, issue one, for example. And we kind of, issue three, we use uh, an optical illusion as a backdrop. Issue two, we do a lot of montage. Um, the idea that you can do things which are visual and purely comics, but um, not moving, that was kind of like what we're thinking. In other words, 
Eddie Campbell was a big influence in that sort of. So Eddie Campbell was a big influence generally. I mean, I kind of like um, you know how he essentially is Alex Brooks, a kind of mythologizing life, and you know life is lived, and it kind of was it's both incredibly true. It's also kind of like he's telling a story and he's being quite playful with it. That that was influenced, you know, you know, and the his steady his steady angle shots were kind of like usually usually influential on that. I mean, um. It's odd because it's such a, it's a very British book, but kind of like the influences are very British too. I mean, you know, you list, you know, those English creators, sorry, those British creators whose names are with E, E or M. Um, <laughs> you know, you can see a lot of all of them in there. I think. Um, uh, yeah, such a, you know, there's too many people. Like, I'm ripping off so many people. It's kind of hard to form a list. <laughs> you have to. That's the secret. You have to steal from so many people that no one can figure well, you out. Can't all pay of them. Down. Stealing no from? one can figure out all of them. Well, on the on the mainstream question, first of all, do you have any aspirations to work for a mainstream big two book? And if if you did, what what would appeal? You to mean you? like 2000 AD? No, not like. Oh, you mean U.S. mainstream? U.S. mainstream. Oh, so I don't know. Sam's from the U.K. He probably, <laughs> yeah, he probably means one of the, what, what? What's big in the U.K.? I don't know. I don't. Well, I want to. Right, let saying, him answer. I'm, I'm saying Marvel, God. Marvel or DC. Jesus, Karen, if you could, if you, do you want to? And if you, if you could, what would you want? Well, I think, I think obviously I'm going to have to actually write Dazzle or something, don't I? I mean, I've got no real choice, do I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could do it with Dazzle. I'm sure. I don't know. Um, it's not something I even think about in the, um, I kind of, what's the word? I, I know a lot of people, uh, the idea of essentially pitching something that takes so long, I'm like, and the idea of put, putting my creative energy into something which is essentially up, up to an editor whether uh, it goes off, and essentially if it doesn't, isn't picked up, it's entirely wasted. Um, that doesn't usually interest me. I mean, I've got too many comics I want to write, essentially, um, you know, on my own, essentially, or like, you know, uh, you know, I, I could be right for the next five years and not, you know, not get the ones I've got currently. I think are worth doing. Um, on the other hand, maybe you know, I've got, you know, I've become more suited to something like Vertigo, to be honest, because you know I'm English and swearing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I quite like my, my problems. You know, real mainstream you mean superheroes. I quite like superheroes, but um, I don't really have much interest in any of the big ones. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I like, I... The, I like the idea of. Um, you know, uh, the idea of introducing somebody with powers greater than the context and then running with it, but I'm not, I don't really care about Batman. Um, so yeah, I think I must admit, if I actually found myself wanting to do something in the mainstream, I'd probably think about it then. As in, it would it would occur to me to say, I, I don't know, if I was asked, do you want to pitch something to us? I would actually then sit down and think what I wanted to do, and I think thinking about it before then is a kind of waste of effort, you know. Sure. You might as well be writing fanfic. <laughs> well, and, and, and <laughs> also, fiction. I mean, to some degree, maybe it's more trying to find a character that fits a story you have as, as opposed to thinking up a char- you know, a character you want to use or work on and then trying to create a story around it. I, I'm so oh. glad that I get to read a book like Phonogram instead of, and I'm a Spider-Man fan, but I'm so glad I get to read this instead of another rehashed Spider-Man. <gasps> yes, Tom. Yes, it's true. <laughs> So you know, I I, I was kind of thinking phonogram, but with Spider Man in it instead would yeah. be awesome. Spidergram, yeah. Spy- oh. <laughs> and the episode now. Spidergram, <laughs> the phonomancer. Um, Stop down this track. No, I, I well, you know, talking about today's comics and and the industry is changing. Um, creators that that want to do their own work are are getting the opportunity through companies like Image and, and Oni here in the United States and Boom and, you know, Ape and, you know, we can list them off. But 
it's never going to be the big two over here, but as a creator, do you feel like there's more opportunities to tell the story that you want to say? I mean, you know, I agree, and it's quite, that's what makes it quite exciting at the moment. I mean, if I was like around 10 years ago, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing something like Phonogram for my first book, you know? That's, that's incredibly exciting. I think it's, you know, I, you know, comics at the moment really do excite me. Um, in terms of like, there's all, comics generally, there's so many things that could possibly be at any point, and now there's, there's all these sort of venues where people can try stuff. Um, and I talk to my friends, you know, people like in the British scene who appears, and all of them are kind of doing, different areas like Alex Acampi you know she's off doing her, uh, her French uh, BD stuff and uh, other people are going through different ways you know there's all these avenues and it's it's a lot better than of course like 15 years ago essentially we'd be like all pitching to 2008 does that make sense? <laughs> absolutely yeah sure I mean I think that it's it's a great time for comics because there are so many opportunities and we're lucky enough to have you know creators like you and Matt Fraction and, and a lot of others that are putting out you know terrific independent work that hasn't been around in a long time. Yeah. It's actually um, good fun. independent work. <laughs> Let's not well, go it, overboard. It, it, so. you know, t- talk, talking, of, talking about Matt, we were, we were introduced to, to two books in, within about two weeks and that was Casanova and Phonogram. And uh, you want to talk about two Two works that are coming out that are completely different than anything else that you're reading out there. And Casanova came out this week. And oh, uh, uh, Kieran, by the way, Matt, we got an email from uh, Matt yesterday, and and he he sends his love. He he speaks very highly of you. So he's uh, I know looking very forward to uh, to seeing Phonogram get out there and and see how it uh, see how it goes. So. I'm, a, I'm very, you know, I was very excited to actually get a physical copy of Casanova yesterday. You know, and it was just, you know, it's a beautiful object, and I just sort of like loved it. My girlfriend insisted her she read it as well. It's, you know, it's a really good comic. Oh, it's. Been- Did she actually read it, or did she just go, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, okay? No, she's a, no, she's a big, she's a big comic fan. She used to work in comic shops and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. In fact, she she probably reads them. Uh, she has probably got better taste in comics than I do. Um, so, yeah. I, know, I understand. When um, you know, for everyone out there, we haven't even talked about a release date. When does Phonogram uh, hit uh, hit comic shops? August second. Be August second. Okay. So yeah. it's in it's Thank in you. this month's or no? Is it in this month's previews or was it in last month's previews? Do you... I think it was in last month's last previews. Last last month. month. yeah. It's the one that's just coming off now, and issue two will be in the obviously the one that's about to come out. Right. Okay. So, now, now, how yeah. many how many issues is it slated to run in this first series? Six mini, a uh, six-part mini series. Okay, Nan, do you guys are you already working on plans to 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 bring Phonogram back after that, or is it just going to be a six-issue mini? It's kind of like, um, in fact, you know, I, I designed the metaphor to be actually quite robust. Uh, so, you know, if it does well, I've got, you know, if it go, does well, I would like to do something else. McKelvey would as well, and we've got, I've got a couple of quite hefty ideas I think might justify a mini series, and um, a load of other small ones. And it's kind of like, uh, when I invented it, the idea that it could be a tool I could return to at any point, as in if, if I had something to say about music and a, a plot that actually worked with it, I could actually come back and do it at any point. I, don't, I quite like the idea that if I, you know, carry on doing comics, I could be like, I could suddenly be 55 in like Alan Moore's position and like, I'm going to do another phonogram comic. Um, <laughs> it's essentially, it's a, it's a device to see the world. And it's kind of, it's cool to kind of worth noting is, just because David Cole's the lead character in this story doesn't mean he'll be the story the character the next in that essentially it's a world rather than actually a character point if that makes sense 
And that, that, oh, that um, is exciting because you have, so I, you know, I, it, it could be one phonomancer after another in different miniseries. And, yeah. yeah, and I, I also like the I also like the idea of essentially, um, I don't like comics where anyone's sure someone's going to survive. If that makes sense, I, I like the idea of you know dangerous and drama, and you know I could kill off anybody at any time, sure. one way or the other, because it, it's drama and it's a lot more exciting. I think. I no think spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. We don't want to know. Can't wait until the next podcast. Be sure to check out AroundComics.com for breaking news, reviews, and opinions. Well, Kieran, um, it's coming out August 2nd, six-issue miniseries. It's by Image. Um, um, Sal, Tom, do you guys have any more questions for Kieran? I liked it. Yeah. I yeah, I, 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 I thought it was God a... bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've sold three copies here. and Yeah, uh, I've, I ordered it already out of previews we're, we're even though very, I've, very excited I've read it but it's it. just um, yeah I I like I said I think I'm maybe you know one of the worst case scenarios that you might run against <laughs> as far as someone who's not deeply into music and and I wasn't sure going into it what it, you know how much of it I would get or how much of it I wouldn't get but it, it didn't matter I mean I, I it was just a well-written story an interesting concept and something that you had characters that you you identified with, and at the same time were interested to find out more about. So to me, it was it was just a I great just thought first it was off. Cool. It was it was cool. <laughs> it was very. Yeah, cool. it was it was it was a I very very neat story. So, um, I did. So, Kieran, um, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna chart how Phonogram does here in Chicago, and we're gonna continue to push it and talk about it. It uh, it really is a nice piece of work. So, uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. No, it's been really good. Fun. It was really good to talk to you. To be honest, yeah, I just like talking bollocks. Yeah, and know that. Uh, Know that you are welcome back on Around Comics anytime to talk comics that you would like. Hey, Karen, I, one thing I, I know you have um, uh, uh, there's a phonogram. Is it phonogram the comic or phonogramcomic.com, the website? Phonogramcomic.com, yes. And, and there's uh, That's other, a nice site. Yeah, yeah. it's very, a nice site, and, and there's other information if you want to know more about the site. And. Um, and Jamie has he has his own site with some artwork and stuff. And, and I know Karen has a site too that I've been poking around in the last couple of days so there's plenty of information out there about phonogram if we haven't um convinced you at this point mm-hmm. so uh karen any uh, any last Actually, can I, do you mm-hmm. mind if i quickly plug mccalvey's uh, other work i was i oh, was just please. i was just going to ask please. you if you had anything else to throw in so it's uh quickly the vor is yours quickly though <laughs> <laughs> i'll be very quick no 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 <laughs> thank you time thank you time just tom um, McKelvey, after he's done Phonogram, his next project is called Suburban Glamour, which is uh, an image, uh, uh, just a graphic novel uh, coming for Image as well. And that's kind of about, um, uh, it's, it's kind of a coming-of-age sort of story involving a girl who uh, is incredibly incredibly punk rock. So yet again, it's punk rock girls, which is McKelvey's strong point, clearly. <laughs> uh, and it's great. It's, great. it's another urban fantasy comic, but it's you know written and drawn by him. Uh, you know, he, It's very exciting, really. And he's got some work on his side, uh, if anyone's interested in seeing how that goes. In fact, it was all those three years ago, uh, the first page he showed me was actually a page from an early version of Suburban, um, uh, Suburban Glamour when he was working on it. So, you know, it, it all ties together nicely. And what's the uh, what's the uh, you know I was on your site today, and there was a really interesting book you you had done a couple stories in um, something suicide 
Oh, commercial suicide. Commercial suicide. Yeah, that was something you had, you had written a few. Is is that like an anthology piece? Yeah, yeah. It's um, me, me and Alex De Campi. Um, kind of. Uh, it, it was somebody else's idea originally, but Alex picked it up and I sort of joined in, and we basically co-edited it. Um, so um, essentially, it was a kind of low, like you know, pro, semi-pro, and absolute amateur creators just doing this anthology, and it's incredibly obscene. As I think, uh, <laughs> it's the sort of thing we'll probably both be embarrassed about. Well, I know you can. I know you can order it on your site there, and I, I I'm going to order a copy because I was intrigued and I love the incredibly obscene. So, nice. um, for for our listeners over here uh, in the states and and uh, in the UK, uh, are you planning any convention um, stops this year? Conventions. Um, both me and Mikel will be at San Diego actually. So oh. two weeks, about ten days before um, comes out. So we're sharing the table with Matt Fraction actually. So that's going to be our kind of uh, glorious coming out into the comic world. Oh, awesome! Well, we we won't, never done San, we won't I've be never in done San Diego, so uh, I'm entirely a virgin. <laughs> oh, you've <laughs> you've never been to San Diego Con? No, no, it's going to be interesting. I'm going there with a comic, and uh, I expect to go native or something. Uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> we, well, you'll be dressed up like Hawkman yeah. <laughs> before you know it. You're probably <laughs> yeah, a very uh, you'll probably. Uh, I, I'm so, yeah. Who was I joking to? I was saying I'm going to end up in a Power Girl outfit or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's famous now, but you're probably a, a very, a very pale English man, and it's very sunny in San Diego. Bring your, bring your sunblock. Yes, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm white suit, Panama hat. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the Englishman abroad. Taking a trip out to the colonies. Right? <laughs> yeah, I've come to reclaim <laughs> your women. I've come to reclaim your women. <laughs> I will take you in an enormous, enormous bat thing and bring you back to my home. <laughs> take well, a dirigible yeah. home. Well, it's, it's, it's our goal. We want to get out to the Bristol Con either next year or the year after, so maybe we'll be able to either hook up with you out there or the next time that you come over to the States because we'd love to meet you in person. That'd be good, yeah. All Hopefully. Right. Can, All right. we st- can we stay with you? <laughs> um, I in, in, Brist- in Bristol, you say? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, actually, I live in, since I live in Bristol, I do have people crash on the floor at the cop, so it's not, not unprecedented. We're, we're well, easy to accommodate. <laughs> I curl up very small. Well, if you're ever in Chicago, you're more than welcome at Chris's. Excellent. <laughs> well, thanks again uh, um, for coming on the show, and, and really good luck with, with Phonogram. I, I know we all enjoyed it, and we, we hope that you have a lot of success with it. Yeah, I think it's going to do well. So thank you very much, Karen. Thank you, and thanks for the, thanks for the forum to be able to speak. All right, absolutely, our pleasure. All right, we'd like to thank uh, Kieran Gillen for being on the show. Uh, we're going to let him go for uh, for the evening. We're going to move over to the news desk for Wire to Wire Comic News. But uh, please make sure to uh, hang around after the news because we have another special guest coming up on the show. These are your top headlines for the week of May nineteenth. 2006. Dynamite Entertainment announced that they have rescheduled the first trade paperback release of Eduardo Rizzo's Borderline. The first trade collection will now be available in September. For the first volume, Dynamite has secured the services of creator Ivan Brendan to provide the translation and script from Spanish to English. 
pulp noir in the tradition of Sin City and 100 Bullets, Borderline, originally published in Italy, is a 600-page epic created by Rizzo and Carlos Trillo, with whom the artist had previously worked on a slate of other projects. This powerful piece of graphic fiction has never before been available in the United States in English. Volume 1 weighs in at an impressive 160 pages and ships in September. Reintroducing the Atlas characters from the 1950s in grand manner, Marvel is hosting an interactive scavenger hunt on the internet and in comic stores that allows fans to unlock parts of an exclusive online story leading up to the six-issue limited series Agents of Atlas. It is believed that Marvel is publishing Agents of Atlas, a six-issue limited series reuniting Marvel heroes from the late 1950s, featuring Jimmy Woo, Venus, the Human Robot, Marvel Boy, and Gorilla Man. A game hint, Marvel.com is the first stop on the hunt. For their freshman outing, new publishing company Paper Dragons announced that the four-issue sci-fi noir series 48 will make its debut at the Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 30th through July 2nd. 48 will be the first of three intended limited series from the newest publisher on the scene and will be followed later in the year by Stephen Forbes and Dave Simmons' Bullet Time and Fallen Justice. 48 takes place roughly 30 years from now and is the story of 23 clones who escape from a cloning facility and attempt to survive in the wild for a period of four years, or 48 months, until a loophole in the laws governing citizenship allow them to officially petition for rights. The story also tracks the lives of two last-chance cops who are assigned to investigate a murder that they were never meant to solve. When their paths inevitably cross, those of the clones, all bets are off. This title is scheduled for a July 1st release with writing by Carrie Kelly and complete art by Jeff Mose. It will retail for $3 and be 40 pages black and white with a color cover. After Hours Press announced Impossible Tales, a new comic book series that mixes sci-fi, adventure, and mythology in a high-energy action series. All Impossible Tales stories will be told in two-issue arcs. In the first story, a young genius from the future becomes a fugitive in time when he discovers the secret to time travel. In the race for his life, he accidentally strands himself, along with a luxury cruise ship and crew, 65 million years back in time. Frank Cho and Image Comics are bringing a whole lot of brandy for their fans. It all kicks off with Liberty Meadows Cover Girl, a 128-page full-cover hardcover that will retail for $24.99. For the first time, every single one of Frank Cho's covers for the Liberty Meadows comic, from the single issues to the trade paperbacks and then some, is collected in one deluxe hardcover. I'm pretty excited about this book, says Cho. It's great to have all my Liberty Meadows covers and pinups in one fat volume, since I'm even missing some of the early issues. Liberty Meadows Cover Girl features an all-new cover, plus a behind-the-scenes look at the development of some of your favorite images of Brandy and the gang, from rough sketch to full color. 
ICV1.com is reporting that, spurred by sales of Marvel's Civil War and DC's Weekly 52 series, periodical comics sold in North America through Diamond Comic Distributors had their best month ever since IVC2 began tracking comic sales, soaring 38% above the total for May of 2005. Civil War No. 1 debuted at number 1, displacing DC's Infinite Crisis and all four weekly issues of DC's 52 made the top 10. 13 titles sold over 100,000 copies in May, almost twice as many as topped 100,000 in April. After two months of decline due to the Sin City effect that drove graphic novel sales in 2005, graphic novels posted a modest 3% gain in the May 2006 versus 2005. Overall, sales of both comics and graphic novels were up 32% versus May of 2005. And the dollar total is the highest dollar amount registered by the comic market since ICV2 has been compiling these numbers. Warren Ellis has finally revealed the TV project he's been alluding to in his Bad Signal newsletter. I've been engaged with the American cable company AMC to write the half-hour pilot for a TV series I created. As with all TV things, anything could go horribly wrong, but this is the deal I've been waiting for with the people who understand the project and format I want to work in. And you know something's going right when people in TV are telling you to go more experimental and take more risks. This isn't your U.S. network TV experience. I'm writing the pilot at the moment, and I should particularly thank Joss Whedon and John Rogers for the insights into the process. More details will hopefully follow as the project progresses. Or, you know, a tear-stained screed if it doesn't. Fan-favorite artist Howard Chaikin has officially been announced as the artist on the launch of the upcoming Blade series alongside Mark Guggenheim. Chaikin, probably best known for his American Flag series, is ready to take the Vampire Hunter to new heights as he combines horror with superheroics. Mark Guggenheim is thrilled at the chance to be working with Chaikin. I've been a longtime fan of Howard's work, says Guggenheim. His American Flag and Blackhawk series were incredible inspirations to me. He has a dynamic, exciting style that has remained an original voice that I have yet to see any artist duplicate. That's a very rare thing in comics. Blade number one will hit shelves on September 20th. These have been your top headlines for the week of June 19th, 2006. For the full version of these and other stories, please go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. And those are your top headlines for the week. Uh, before we uh, jump into the news, I'd like to introduce uh, another panel member. We let uh, Kieran Gillen uh, go back to his uh, his pub hopping uh, ways. His and, English uh, and ways. He was and working very hard. He wasn't sneaky drinking. Sneaky English. He was drinking tea. <laughs> it's two in the morning. Over there. Two in the morning? Yeah. It was, it, was, it was very nice of him to stay up and, and, and babble on with us. Absolutely. You know. Well, one of, the, uh, one of the advantages of recording where we do is that we have all of these amazing people 
that uh, will walk in and say howdy, and then we handcuff them, uh, stuff them in a chair, and make them be on the show. So I'd like to introduce. Don't uh, forget Mr. the gag ball. <laughs> yeah, the, no, we can't. Oh, put the gag ball in because they have to talk. We can't put it in their mouth. Take it out of his mouth. <laughs> you're, sometimes you're those, dying to get that explicit s- tag. Sometimes those special people escape. I, w- <laughs> I would like to. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, our special guest for the second half of the show, Mr. John Suntress, the host of Word Balloon. Gentlemen. Pleasure. I'm going to applaud after we see what he does. Exactly. I don't blame him. The elder statesman of podcast (laughs) interview (laughs) shows. (laughs) I remember when we used to download them to giant computers on cards. (laughs) Edison gave us his cylinder, and we, of course, advanced. You had to wait for a lightning strike to listen to it. Well, if uh, this will ring hollow, I would say if you are not familiar with Word Balloon, but that at probably www.wordballoon.com wordballoon.com yeah. I, I couldn't believe the URL was open I'm like oh good <laughs> okay. you know you can check you can check the value we what was the value we found uh, around comics today yeah there's some website where you like punch in your URL and it'll tell you how much how much it's worth I'll in and, yeah and we were like around comics worth like $47,000 or something like what? Oh, yeah who's wait gonna, wait wait who's going to spend how much is tomkaters.com <laughs> yeah, it's, it's time for where's title number 2 yeah. <laughs> tomkaters2 we are retired Hiring and moving to some <laughs> island. So. Nice, gentlemen. So, but uh, um, anyone who hasn't listened a to Word Balloon, which, island. you know, everyone's listened to Word Balloon, um, John, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how sure. awesome your show is? You're very kind. It's it's very basic. It's a one-on-one interview show. It's me talking to comic creators, uh, sci-fi writers, TV writers, film people. I mean, it's uh, whoever I can get that kind of fits that pop culture genre that we all enjoy so much, and it's you been get, a blast. I've been doing it for about a year. You get great guests. You oh, get thanks, everyone. Man. No, anyone? he gets he gets every guest. Every, every guest. <laughs> I haven't had Stan yet. Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. He won't come on. We don't have hundred thousand people listening. <laughs> I just lie to him. How would he know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're all they're all on now. Stan, we're on the Stan network Lee. right now. We hit, we we had a hundred thousand and one. Your time is now. Oh, Say the word. No, but I would love Stan. Please, if you are listening, yeah. Well, oh, the, the, the thing I like about you... I don't think there's any danger of that, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think John... Stan Lee like, just threw his iPod against the wall. If I, if I could name drop, when I was talking to Brian Michael Bendis... Oh, here Bendis, he goes. Yes, I remember Bendis, that day. Bendis is little yes. boy. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I said, I said, we said something about Frank Miller. I'm like, yeah, there goes my chance with Frank Miller. And he's like, dude, like Frank Miller's actually listening to this crap. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. Yeah. True. All right, well... We, we can offend anyone because they don't listen We actually do talk about the news in this segment. Oh, okay. Uh, due to some uh, some requests by by some folks, and I think uh, very good requests, we're we're gonna abbreviate the news a little bit. We're not gonna go over every story. We're just gonna hit the ones that we like, which will probably be every story. Um, uh, we had thousands. To punish of them, we're well, actually okay, gonna talk right more. Right off the top, there's uh, Eduardo Rizzo's <clears throat> uh, Borderline, which is. Uh, published in Italy, but uh, was in Spanish. Now Ivan Brendan is uh, working to edit and he's translate a, that. He's been a busy boy of late. Oh, Ivan Brendan, he's, yeah. he's getting all over the place, man. He's doing that book with Oming now. Suspicious. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, cross Bronx. And uh, was he still NYC Mac? NYC Mac. Yes. But he's got twenty four seven that anthology he put together yeah. all about robots, and he's he's getting something's around. going on that I'm a little suspicious of with there, him. There's cloning maybe involved. <laughs> Performance enhancing comic <laughs> editing. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys dipped into a lot of European comics? Because it really is like when Humanoids and DC had that deal. Uh-huh. I like went nuts and got so many trades, and I. I'm such a fan, and it's so nice to see other genres represented as they are in European comics. And Riso, I've, I've been lo- 
loving a lot of his stuff and finding South American books and stuff like that. Well, he's, done. he's just great. Well, Maybe that, we can know. get Frank Miller having Batman fight the French. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, talking about some South American creators uh, from Brazil, uh, Gabriel Ba and um, his brother um, Fabio Fabi- Moon. Fabio Moon. Uh, Gabriel Ba from uh, Casanova. Uh, awesome. Awesome yeah, stuff. yeah, you know, yeah. I just I just put it in my pile right here hey. at Dark Tower. They have a trade. I, I've come to buy as well um, as uh, join you, gentlemen. Yeah, well, yeah. taking advantage of the the twenty percent off discount, throwing money and right. words around. So, uh, so, so uh, Rizzo's Borderline coming out. Uh, it's been pushed back to September, uh, but it's one hundred sixty pages. Uh, looks great. Uh, Agents of Atlas Scavenger Hunt. Uh, Gorilla John, Man. You, you were talking about this a minute ago. Yeah, Rick Parker told me about that. It's on the Marvel blog. And uh, I think they were, they were having a contest, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, to help draw up interest for this very cool little miniseries that I think highlights great uh, '50s Atlas characters. And they were, of course, the stars of that great "What If" story of uh, the Avengers of 19, the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And it was a cute little blip of a story. And of course, they made that return in Avengers Forever, the cute mm-hmm. Bustick uh, Roger mm-hmm. Stern story. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Jeff Parker I, is a great uh, adventure writer and a great spy writer. I think this is, it's in good hands. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, Shield any, too. Well, any like 50s, lo- anything like Lost sure. characters, like Freedom Fighters from DC. This is our stuff Mr. like Silver that. Age, man. That's you cool. You know, like no, that I'm stuff like that is great. It's like a little. If, if it doesn't have Wolverine in it, I don't buy it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I'm you know, sure he'll make an appearance. The easiest fix that Marvel can make, and I still don't get it, the bad guy is the Yellow Claw, who, which was a Marvel character, and a Fu Manchu knockoff that Timely could use and exploit. Why don't they make Shang-Chi the son of the Yellow Claw? I don't get it. Ooh. I don't get it. And I Marvel, ask, are you listening? I, I ask these guys all the time. I ask Galacy. I talked to, I talked to Paul Galacy the other day. Name I'll be drop. Name every drop. Time Everyone drop. take a every, drink. Every time I drop, I'll go in my William F. Buckley voice. Yes, you know, at uh, the yeah. Algonquin Club, yes, Paul Galacy was mentioning Galassi. it over cognac. Why? Yes. Wouldn't it make <laughs> sense, lad? Please talk to the powers that be. So... All right, you jokers. Uh, 48, coming out from uh, Paper Dragons. I uh, made sure to put this story in just because it sounds like a great concept. Uh, uh, clones that have to go live in the wilderness for 48 months so they can get around a legal loophole. <laughs> and two, like, burnout cops. All right. Cool. Put, gonna, it, put it together, add a little bit of... Who's doing it? Uh, <laughs> Whoever it is. What? Great concept. Of, hey, uh, anything like that, you know. It doesn't say. Well, I'm sure it's good. For three bucks, you know. It's, it's 40 a, pages yeah, for three yeah, bucks. So yeah, absolutely. You know, it's got a little Blade Runner in it. That's exactly you know. what I smelled. But yeah, the iRobot. A little iRobot. You smell that Blade Runner? You know, so hey, three bucks. <laughs> uh, Can you smell what the... Uh, Impossible <laughs> Tales is coming from After Hours Press. What I like about Impossible Tales is that they're going... Every story that comes out from this is going to be uh, a two-shot. So it's uh, oh. two issues... Uh, you know, two and done. So that's cool. Yeah, um, it, it's it's Time nice. Travel's good. Everyone who complains about decompression, get into issues. All right, enough uh, enough of this crappy news story. Uh, let's get to some real good news, which is <laughs> fan oh, favorite the May, the artist. May, the May sales. No fan favorite uh, artist uh, Howard Chankin has officially been announced as the artist to launch the upcoming Blade series. And how about that? I, I you know I, everyone knows I'm a so, huge Frank, Frank, fan. Took his and I know, shirt off. I love, love and Howard. And he's a great guy. And you're having a monsoon. I, I hear. Yes. It's in the works and uh, got the green light and that's great. So we haven't picked we haven't picked a date yet, but we hope to when, announce an engagement soon. The invitations <laughs> will be in the mail. Can, can you ask him when he's going to do another Black Kiss? Absolutely. No, I, I am curious because you know, did you did you like American Century? Did you like American Century when, when he wasn't doing the art? I did like it 
but not as much. I agree. And I, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much. And, and, and it was kind of missing that that yeah. pop that he gives when he designs a page. It, and taking when he nothing does away from those stories, but yeah. Yeah, when he does everything, that's when he's at his best. I, I love. I like his writing. I love his art, but. See, uh, separate uh, when they're apart, they're not as good as when they're together. Right, and when he's to, you know, when he's doing everything, it's just no. I agree, and yeah. I, I'm digging Hot Girl as well. I we've got I, I love Walt. He's done with that, right? See, I didn't like the, the yeah. He's leaving Hot Girl. I heard for Blade. Sh- Jake, well, there you go. Jake yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yeah, after yeah. the arc and everything, so yeah. I didn't know that was part of the story. Yeah. Now and I'm I really excited about his Captain America. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah the Avengers. Avengers. What is that? Is that the next issue of Avengers? Uh, it's coming up. I know it's part it's of the Civil out. War. Isn't stuff. it coming out next week? Is it twenty one? It might. It, yeah, it's it coming out next, next week. week. Oh wow! There yeah. you go. New Avengers came out this week. There's another one coming out next week. There's another one coming out next week. They're pushing yeah. them out heavy. Oh, oh wow. nice! They're, wow. they're trying to get over those uh, those May sales figures. I guess. Which could be the next story. And it's going to be written by Mark Guggenheim, who. Oh. Yeah. Uh Which I loved in the the Wolverine. Uh, Civil War. Yes. Crossover. Yeah. I, I, was yeah. I did a really nice job on that. Uh, I do want to go back and touch on one story. No. And that Finger is, that is you know, Warren Ellis. Warren right, Ellis? Right, oh, yeah. Right another. Come on, man. AMC. Warren Ellis He's writing for AMC. Yeah. He's going to do a pilot, um, and that should be interesting. I know he's got a novel coming out, too, he's been talking about on his on his bad signal He's another newsletter. one who's suspiciously busy. Well, he doesn't do anything Comic else. He doesn't leave drugs. his house. Uh, for the other word, he goes to the pub and writes and that drinks and that's all he does. I think. I think also in England there isn't that stigma that's still here in the in the states where it's like as long as I'm writing, it's fine. If I'm writing a play, if I'm writing a radio play, if I'm writing a comic book, if I'm writing a TV pilot, it's writing. And I don't. I yeah. really think the English market's more receptive. And also, it's cool that the AMC is getting more into original programming. They they've imported that one British yeah. series, yeah. that Conman series called Hustle. Well, I mean, to be cute. to be honest, playwrights are just losers, <laughs> just in general. I mean, if you're Jeez. writing a play, just Tom. This well, is who the, writes I'm, plays? Right, this this is our in- improv. Right. Right. Yeah, right. no, he's, he's in- writes improv playwrights. Uh, that's so. all right. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you know, one thing that I, I, <laughs> there's nothing. That's <laughs> one thing that, man. That's you talk about. That's the birthplace of improv. Local flavor, but they don't use scripts. That's what Tom's. You know, he's got all anything with a script. Oh, it had nothing to do with that. It's just like every playwright I read it meet is like. Typical like a Sandman comic fan? book. No, I'm kidding. I've never write, met a playwright, so if you're a playwright listening to this, yeah, yeah, I'm like around comics, Come down which the dark is all scripted. So yeah, the well, writers. But Buck Schulberg has been on Word Balloon. I'd like to point that oh, out. Oh, sure. Yeah. Screen screenwriter and playwright. But that's true. I'm oh, so, well. I apologize. He's great God man. damn well, it. He's, he's 93. It's all right. I'm sure he's not listening. Seriously, if you guys, if, <laughs> yeah, he I'm doesn't know. Good. If you guys, if you guys want to really, while I was talking to him. Yeah. He, he didn't hear the episode what? he was again? on. <laughs> Say it again. Joe Lewis, bud. Yes, a, vo- a good fighter. Go ahead. He, <laughs> he's the man. I love Bud Schulberg. He's the man. He man. kicked Joe Lewis's ass. Exactly. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> Marciano. Bud Schulberg, the man who wrote, I could have been a contender. I could have been. Oh, so. no, he that's wrote, right. He wrote on the waterfront. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Five, he, he's still right. alive? I he's, didn't even realize yes, he was which still alive. Wow. He's, and he's still sharp. He's amazing. Wow. Anyway, back to anyway, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Sorry, I know we got off the comic book. It's not a comic book. You haven't read the comic book adaptation. Are we done with the news? No, the big sales. May. The big sales. Why are you blowing it off? Sa- like, what, quick, it's huge news. Sounds like moving along, moving along. Okay, you were going over like paper. Dragons. The 48 sounds awesome, dude. I, I think it, it sounds, sounds like pretty change. interesting. Um, it's no yeah, Howard Chinkin uh, on Blade, but true. May sales. You can go back and <laughs> go back and listen. We got it on the got it on the site. But uh, May sales, I think, bolstered by Civil War and the the end of Infinite Crisis, Crisis was, and 52, uh, and just a 
just a deluge of of oh, de- deluge <laughs> a flood <laughs> a lot of very impressive comics um and may sales were i mean we're talking you know going back to like 1990s numbers yeah. on this so high um, tide pretty cool boats. what did they sell well, and the distinction obviously and, and who said it while we were while we were on the break that the uh well, obviously we as opposed to the previous People are only, you know, people aren't buying eight copies of Civil War wrapped speculate. in bags, you know. Right. They're actually buying it because they're reading them, yeah. which, yeah, that's, which that's is great. Uh, I mean, that's impressive, and, and, sure. and, and it's great for the industry that you well, they know, had, you're they not, had, they not going to lose all those buyers, hopefully. You're they had yeah. 13 100,000 copy issues. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. Which is, yeah, that's great. I mean, 100, I mean, it used to be 100,000. You'd have yeah. two. You'd have, yeah. you know, uh, four. Well, yeah, yeah. like like seven, seven or eight years ago, 100,000. Was like the top. Comic. Oh yeah. You know what's amazing? So, you yeah. look at those thirteen, and I bet you look back fifteen years. Even if you don't like all those books, mm-hmm. man, they are better than stuff was in those I those agree. boom years. Like oh, even yeah. the stuff oh, you yeah. don't no even question. read, even no like the stuff you would be like, oh, that's not that good for now. Man, that stuff would have blown away things, you know, years and years ago. It's I, so it it, it, under, it that. underscores that. I'm not saying that the that the industry is all the way back or people are rushing into their comic stores. Well, it's a good place to be. But it, but it's a good. It, but time you got to remember, you got to remember, all, growth, all yeah. the way back is selling in the millions. Yeah. I mean, World War Two era. Right. I mean, that that's a whole different. You know. Yeah. The 90s was a blip. And that was for a dime too. Yeah, and I mean that's yeah. a, that's the other interesting thing is with the price point, the three dollar yeah. average price point and everything. I think that is a testament that the quality is there. But I'm afraid mm-hmm. that the money and the price point is reaching another ceiling where everyone is going to say, I don't know if we spend like yeah. yeah now, well, I think three fifty we can handle, but four dollars? I don't think so. No, no. See, that's I why I'm really so. excited about that image slimline stuff that yeah. LS and Fraction are doing. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a interesting avenue to go down. And I hope that stuff sells well, because I think... Well, I, I think maybe anthologies, you're going to see that. And we're getting into a whole different show here. Right. Sure, but, sure, sure. But I think that you're probably going to start seeing hopefully some anthologies where, hey, I don't, I wouldn't mind dropping six bucks to get six comics in an anthology, and maybe they well, mix it up. I mean, one of, my, one of my favorite books right now is Negative Burn. Mm-hmm. Because it's you know you get five six seven stories for whatever it is I don't even know they think they're selling it for six bucks yeah and they're all good you know good quality stories yeah it's not you know mm-hmm. mainstream stuff it's but for me it, you know I love it it's you know I it change of pace and I can you know for six bucks as opposed to three dollars for one story that I may or may not like depending on the month you sure know? I, I mean, felt that way about the Escapist too although obviously the format didn't work because they're switching to a 22 page monthly and, or 32 pages eh, the price point was a little yeah it was it was 9 bucks but it was a high quality $9 book was, and, you, and yeah. you got a lot of content yeah. for $9 so and I really it's funny I didn't believe in that until I, I read the trade in the digest form and it was 17 bucks but I thought it was worth it because yeah. I was just impressed with the quality and everything that was well, in it I thought you, it was great you, so. you think about how many books you buy in a week that for three bucks that are totally disposable. You read it, you bag it, you put it in the yep. box, and you, you never, never pull. I burn mine. I burn all. I, I burn everything. I make my well, own comic books I buy out of the two. pieces I cut out of them. <laughs> nice. How else am I going to get the Flash to fight Wolverine? It's not going to happen. Flash wins, by the way. Wait, you didn't. <laughs> wow. Flash wins. Way to spoil, man. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, Flash wins. But guy, what Flash so. was it? That was Barry Allen. He's a good guy. Wow. Nice. <laughs> hey, um, actually, um, you know, I do, with that, okay, I'm going to throw out a spoiler there because okay. everyone's like, oh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We got to, the news this week, we got to talk about Spider-Man. We do? 
the unmasking. Oh, the unmasking. The you know, oh shit! Spoiler. It was on every. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Every. Yeah, out of I bed. saw someone with a yeah. tattoo of it. Okay. <laughs> but but really, I just I just want to go by each person and because every every podcast every every everyone's every, commenting every, on it. Every yeah. form, everyone's going to talk about. It. I just want to get your real um, quick initial reaction. Tom, what do you think about um, Spider Man's unmasking? I think that it is good because I th- I know people are concerned that it destroys something within the character. But ten years from now, if someone's writing and doesn't like it, they'll just undo it. That's what happens in comics, and it's not. That's one of the strong points of comics is you can fix whatever you want in comics. You don't have to worry. So, why not? Let it go. See what happens. Maybe good squares will come from it, so I'm right, cool with Sal? it. Uh, with me, I'm just sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop, because I don't think that they will leave it like that. Because too many people will complain, to, and, it, and it changes. Personally, I don't believe this, but they a lot of people They complained whenever he graduated high school. Well, true enough, but that's a little different than <laughs> never have lost changing the, the, you know, archetype of that character. And True. that's what you're you're doing. And there was a really good post on, it was, it was somebody on a blog. I can't remember. It was somebody posted a link to it on our forum, and and it was someone talking about um, about that and changing, you know, <laughs> what that character means. And without the duality of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, now it's one character. You lose what that character is all about. And I agree to that to some terms. But it, to me, you have 40 years of history, so you're never going to completely lose that. But I just don't think Marvel's going to leave it where Peter Parker... Everyone knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It's not going to happen. There's no chance. So I'm just waiting at some point how they're going to you know, no cover more, that. No more people remembering Peter Parker. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Wanda. 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 Right. Exactly. The cosmic cube you, away yeah. from being solved. Yeah, exactly. It's I want to take the cosmic cube and stuff it up but at the same, but, at the, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed you know, it. Was like, it was like... Well, it's something different. It was wow. a wow moment. Right. It was a, it was a yeah. wow... You know, it was like... Well, that, you know. It was a wow moment for J. Jonah, I'll tell you that. That was yeah. hilarious. That was really That was great. And it's in the right hands, too. Well, John, We'll go to you. Your, okay. your thoughts on the unmasking? I'm, I'm kind of in Sal's camp. I think it's it's the initial incident. Let's see what the consequences are, and I can't judge it until I see what the consequences. But regardless, I have no problem with that, and I also agree that it's it's something that can easily be fixed. Um, if you want to look at history, everyone is arguing about Peter Parker and Mary Jane being married. Everyone is arguing about Lois and Superman being married. This is one of those kind of moments. Does it serve the character forever? But I, I agree with Sal. I think that we've got to wait for the other shoe to drop before you really judge. And I think, uh, you know, I, I got no problem with it. And I think, again, it's in good hands. And that's just the great thing in general. And it kind of spins into the May story as well that, you know, the writing's never been better. So I trust these guys. And if it's a shit. No, no, that's if, right. If it's, if it's a crappy story, we are you, you can anyone? say shit. Well, that's say shit. Okay, I didn't know because I know you guys are. We're not on the radio. All right, well <laughs> that's true. I always forget. But if it is, a, if it is a shitty story, then so be it. That's okay, and you know you, you walk away from a shitty story. Well, I think that's Straczynski a, did. I mean, I, we were all pissed off about the Mary, you know, the Gwen uh, yeah. clone uh, story and everything, yeah. and Gwen getting knocked up by. You just Harry don't Oswald. read those yeah. issues ever again. Well, no, and it's, <laughs> that's that's an incident that'll sit there, and people either acknowledge it or not. This is a little bit deeper, obviously, because it's an unmasking. Sure. No, but I think you made a great point is that it's there it's in good hands and we should give them some trust yeah. because of what they've done. I mean if this was, you know, fifteen years ago, ten years ago right. and some of the you know what was going on. Miller's but right great. now, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mil- you, you, Miller just came off twelve great issues. I loved the Marvel Knights Spider Man. I thought he did oh, a great I thought it was, job. Oh yeah. The I, only thing I, I, like, only complaint, I like as well. <laughs> the only complaint I had about it is what they didn't leave made dead. 
That was my only complaint. Is that that series would have been so much if better. Sydney Bristow can get out of the grave. So well, can yeah, I got no problem I, with that. Know, but well, she did on Alias. I don't for know for me, <laughs> I want I want to see where the character goes. It's something. It is. It's a before and after moment for a character that we've known for pretty much our entire lives and known the same character for our entire lives. I'm looking forward to the after unmasked Peter Parker sure. and Spider-Man. Oh. It's something that interests me. I'll pick it up. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll buy it. And that's exactly why they're doing it. Yeah. And I'll throw this out there. You want to see Peter Parker with his identity intact? Buy Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, here's what that's I say. Too. If you want to see Peter Parker wearing glasses... Go back to like the first four or five issues. I I can't Your read. Sp- I can't read Spider-Man without glasses. <laughs> he needs, after, 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 he needs the, he needs after the big five, thick. Yeah, he done. needs the big thick glasses. <laughs> no, but you know, and the, or they'll reboot again or whatever. Well, I mean, that's an old happen. I mean, that's yeah. comic books. That's exactly. That's exactly. part of what frustrates us. But it's at the same time, it's part. Uh, what's great about it is that they're I mean, not yeah. locked into some. Imagine if every you know. Crappy ideology. decision. Imagine if every crappy decision had to be followed. Yeah, exactly. yeah like well, he'd first. still be he'd still be driving a spider buggy. Did you yeah. guys read uh, the most recent Superman Batman with Huntress and Power Girl? I right. looked at it because Kevin Maguire. Art. Okay, yeah. ben, I know Bendis borders are like, what, what was this story? I don't get it. Uh, I don't understand. What is it? And it's like it's an Earth Two story. Well, what do you mean it's an Earth Two story? Infinite <laughs> Crisis. Ah, it's just a story. Like, it's no, that's that's like <laughs> one of the good byproducts of Infinite Crisis. Now they've reestablished the Earth Two stuff happened. So yeah. if you want to go back and have a story like the Superman Batman story, you can. Well, and, and I mean that's the thing. And, and did, you know did, what, guys? Did anybody read the the um, uh, uh, New Avengers? I'm, I know you. Not did, yet. Chris. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yet. Well, I, you know the whole, and I don't want to spoil. No, it I for saw you, Magneto John, on the cover. It's cool. You yeah. Care. But, it's but right. Zorn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, they finally addressed. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for you, but Zorn. Well, they've been deconstructing Grant stuff for years. But yeah, but I mean, finally, you know, it's like Bendis, you know, had the balls to go and and revisit that character in some ways and sort of. So awesome. Explain. End it. And yeah. you know, okay. I mean, and like, and, like, know, it's like okay, actually, good. It's been dangling for years. Really? Right. You know I will mean? get and that it, issue because that pissed me off that, more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you'll like it, but no, you know, but I think it's so. No, that new Avengers was probably the not not the first one out of the series, but that was the most Avengers story. Oh, that's cool. Issue that I've. It's like it was the it was the first time I felt like it was the team. Battling a big bad. It was it was one of the few Bendis books I've ever read that I went, wow, that could have went on longer. Yeah, wow. yeah, you okay, know what yeah. I mean. It's like right. I mean, yeah. not, you know, and I'm not a anti decompression. I think it, I think, I think it was I, ghost written by Miller. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But you know, I was like, wow, or that you know, that could have kept going. Really on. I heard Bendis say it was written by Kirkman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Well, I, t- I tell you what, guys. Let's um, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the news. Okay. Um, it was kind of a, a fun week for that. So. Uh, that's your news. It's time to move on to Top of the Stack. Top. Top. Of the, top stack. Of the stack. 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 That's right. It's Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what our panel has been reading for the last week. Um, who would like to start off with their Top of the Stack? I'll go first. Ooh. You go, Tom Caters. Uh, I am going to do my Top of the Stack as far as comic books go. I'm going to give you a bonus one Uh-oh. along with mine. Uh <laughs> All-Star Superman. Is that free, or is that a variant, or... It's free. Is it a sketch? Free, but with donations, if you want to <laughs> donate for the extra one. I'm doing All-Star Superman number four. Uh, Again? Yeah. I have to. I have to. It was so good. Wonderful cover. I try, and, you know, I, all week, don't I'm like, Don't spoil it for God, me, because I haven't read it yet. Me either. All week, I try and read it and go, I, I'm like, oh, I don't want to pick a mainstream book. I like to pick something weird. But, God, it was so good. It's funny... 
legitimately funny, like laugh out loud funny, that makes Not- fun of the past, but doesn't degrade it or make the past seem stupid or silly. It has fantastic artwork. Uh, it makes fun of <laughs> the 90s <laughs> in a really great way. And they're just... People complained about being late, but if you could guarantee me a book that good every two or three months, I don't worth care. Yeah, it's, it's the worth wait. the wait. I loved it. I agree. Planetary. Not, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a book. Exactly. I don't care. Yeah. It's so good. Right. I don't care. Go, and go Justice. Out. I feel the same yeah. way about Justice, too. Go out and just look at it. Look at All-Star Ultimate Superman. Well. Pick it up if you haven't picked it up. A lot of people are. I you know? don't like Superman. And I love oh, this series. I know. Oh, that's good. See, that's the, I, I like the end of that sentence. Yeah. It, it's so good. It, I mean, that, that book. Superman is a boring character to me because unless you got the right colored kryptonite, he can't die. Yeah. You know, this but is, see, this is a, such a fun that. series. Morrison takes yeah. that and, and makes it funny. It, it oh, makes yes. it, like, fun. He perverts and it and, and makes it interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, Tom, you're, you're a Silver Age guy, so you can appreciate all the more Weisinger ideas that he's just throwing out there. And yeah. everyone, you can just laugh, and it's like, hey, it's the bandaged Superman that's, you know, from the yeah. 57th century. And it's not stupid. It's funny. It like, is funny. It was funny. Yeah. It like is funny. Or that great re- those great retro ray guns that quietly oh, yeah. is drawing, <laughs> drawing and stuff. It, it's, qui- it's quietly just knocking it out of the box. Oh, he oh, does the best yeah. Superman. The covers he, on yeah. every issue have just been yeah. Brilliant. With yeah. the word Perfect. balloons in it, like yes. Jimmy Olsen yeah. running yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. With the ray gun that's not working. And, it's, and demented Superman. It's, yeah. it's that Superman is a dick website. Superman is a dick. But that was the charm of those books. Yeah. And it's just so easy to dismiss that. Oh, that's yeah. baby, baby yeah. stories. And it's like, no, man, they were having fun. fun. It was like, that was their way of kind of, I think, being... Uh, Symbiotic with like the comic strips and stuff. Yeah, and it's just it. it I think it catered more to that where yeah. it really was just kind of like family entertainment. Hey, just do it. Mm-hmm. My so. my bonus pick is for all of you who enjoy Exterminators, which there should be more more of you. Of enjoying you, enjoying you yeah, there's not enough. enough of you. Um, this is a big boy book, meaning there's no pictures. <laughs> it's all words. Tom, um, you, you you brought prose. I brought in here. prose here. It's, it's called <laughs> Rats: Observations on the History and Habitat of the City's Most Unwanted Inhabitants by Robert Sullivan. It's a guy who went into an alleyway, Eden's Alleyway in New York, and watched rats for a year and studied, talked to people that are experts on rats. If God, you love, I, thought, I thought a podcast was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. I'm just kidding. This means something. I'm sorry, This Tom. means something. This is I'm a book. Sorry. Um, it's great. If you like exterminators if you and like you love, rats. If you love rats, <laughs> pick up this book. I love exterminators. It'll fit right in. So trust me, if you love that That's book cool. and you love that whole Is it funny realm, at all? Is It, it is funny, and okay. it's interesting. Interesting. It's got that same sort of creepy thing that Exterminators has, where it's government funny. conspiracy. Not a government conspiracy, no. but just the nature of infestation. No it's footnotes funny. about the alligators in the toilets that you hear about in New York. No, but they do tell an awesome story about so many rats being in a house and under the floorboards that their tails get knotted up. Ew. So they crack it open. It's, oh uh, man. Yeah, it's a bunch of rats with their tails all knotted Ew. up. Anyway, that's why I didn't see that's... Willard, man. Yep. You know, it's like no. Anywho, I don't see that. try and follow that up, suckers. Oh <laughs> well. Oh. All right. Well, I, I, Mr. Suntress, um, what would uh, what would your top of the stack this oh, week? Oh man, I I, w- I need like books in front of me. The one that comes to mind immediately though is uh, the latest. Uh, chapter in uh, the Captain America series, Ooh. and uh, it's uh, London Blitzkrieg or something like that, and yeah, I don't I have it in front of me. I think me. it's London Blitz. I there you go, London is, Blitz, yeah. and it's Union Jack and Spitfire, so it's the old invaders, although it's the Joey Chapman um, Union Jack, 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it continues the Winter Soldier story because uh, General Lukshin and uh, the Red Skull are still in the story. And, of course, also Cap is trailing Bucky. And and uh, and, you know, and Sin and Crossbones are yes are, they're on are, their way. Thank the, you. There we go. That would be Captain America number nineteen. An, an, <laughs> another advantage of of recording in a comic number store, you immediate but, access. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Give me that Archie number twelve. <laughs> and bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. The uh, no, it's just, I mean Brubaker and Epting are fantastic, and I love it when they bring Larkin to do the old flashback scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a perfect. This and Daredevil are my two favorite Marvel books. Has and that I, Captain America book missed? No, no, and you know I liked what Morales was doing. I liked Kirkman, Kirkman's little run, and I even liked uh, Nay Ryber and uh, and you know uh, J- John Cassidy and stuff. I-, I haven't minded it all the turns of Cap, but obviously it's in the right hands right now. Brubaker's knocking it out of the park and giving pe- both sides what they want. It's yeah. superhero Captain America, but it's a realistic superhero Captain America. It, and it's, 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 it's a perfect book. It, it really is. It has not missed a beat from the very beginning. And this this London Blitz story, uh, Sal did this at the top of the stack, uh, the last issue. And you, you love the relationship between you know Cap and Spitfire and Union Jack. Yep. And that it was a very... Um, Real. It, it they, was were cool. old, they were, you know, they they were, were old. They were talking to each other friends. as friends. Right. They were. They were not superheroes. No. Hey, you, you know. I just loved the humanity that he brought to those characters. Yeah. No. And, and, and yeah. Exactly. He involves the old time readers that can appreciate that. Yeah. You know that Spitfire and Cap have a long history, mm-hmm. of course. And Joey's the new Union, Union Jack, so that's kind of interesting. And plus, yes, Spitfire does know Bucky. And so she's she's kind oh, of, and he used that uh, in this know, issue, you know. And it's yeah, just, it, it's it's just la, just la, la, great. He's doing you know, and you see you see in a lot of these guys that you know, Johns does it, and they use the past, but they make it relevant to today. So that even if you're not a fan of. Or, or you haven't been reading for all these years, you'll still enjoy it. Oh, yeah. But you just get that extra bonus that right. you know, the more involved you are with it, the more you know. You it's, I, I it's feel subtle like subtle subtext. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I know more about Bucky as a character now than I ever could have because Brubaker's really he's just kind of gonna in mind a bunch of 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 history and the character and written in between yes. what we thought was always there. It's the same thing that Miller did with the Kingpin back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's taking, exactly. It's taking the, the two-dimensional character and making him three-dimensional. And, and yeah, you're right, filling in the gaps. And, I, and it's great. It's, it's just a wonderful way to take the character. I, do you guys like Jason Todd back in D.C., to go slightly off-topic? Um, yeah. not, not as well as I like Bucky back I in I agree Marvel with that, League. but yeah. I, I, I'm happy and that Jason not, is back, and yeah. I like what Winnick did. And has given more dimension to Jason's angst, and like they always said, they they wanted him, they made Jason a prick, and they did it inadvertently. Yeah. But now you understand why he's a he's, prick, he's, and also yeah. you understand his current motivation too. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I got no. Pr- Again, it's an entertaining story. It's yeah. an easy fix. It's no different mm-hmm. than unmasking Spidey. Anyway, so that's the, so that's the only one that comes to mind right now. Uh, okay, my top of the stack this week is a book that was. Uh, Sent to me by Devil's Due Publishing, um, and I have to admit I I rarely ever read anything from Devil's Due. Um, I just a lot of their books are your GI Joe and Transformers or whatever, and I just haven't really had the opportunity to pick up. Pick they're up they're that changing much. that though. They are. Well, yeah. this book is called Elsinore, and it was issue number five. So going into it, I was a little bit lost, but I really didn't care. And it was and and I think I'm being infected by the Tom Cater's love for monkey virus. <laughs> Because this book has nothing, I mean, it's just full of monkeys. But <laughs> the, the basic storyline is there's this um, psychiatrist who's sort of been uh, 
for whatever reason, something in his career went wrong, and now he's working for Elsinore Mental Institution, level 10. And level 10 is sort of in the basement, and it's full of psychotics and supernatural beings. Super-powered psychotics. Well, they're not super-powered. It's more mystical and cultish okay. and creepy. And, he, and one, of the, one of the patients there is the doctor that was there before him, who... Went insane and clawed his own eyes out. So that you know, you're going into a new job, and the guy that had your job is you know <laughs> better have a hell of a benefit yeah. package. So so he's sort of I, and like I said, I I didn't read the first four issues of this, so I don't know why he's there or why he's forced to be there. But it really didn't matter. I enjoyed the book so much. But on the monkey side of it, there's a character. One of these supernatural crazies can create monkeys. At at you know any time, and the entire ward, the entire level of this ward is just filled with like these. Little red-eyed demon, demonic uh, lemurs, and then at one point in the book, an entire you know like two dozen full-size demonic gorillas attack this woman in her in her home. And Tom is getting it, excited it was, over it, here. It was it was unbelievable. It was like this two-page spread, and I swear when I looked, it was a two-page spread of these gorillas breaking into this house, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is Tom. This is going to be Tom's top of the Can stack. Can't change my top of the stack. Yeah, I mean it was. But, I haven't read but yet. beyond the monkeys, it really was an interesting and creepy, and I mean it gave me a feel of like. Um, yeah, these were like not a, like nice Tales monkeys. Of the Crip- no, no, this was very, yeah. very. Um, Hellblazer-ish mm-hmm. and very creepy and like Tales from the Crypt kind of. And, That's cool. They and, do horror uh, well at them. Yeah, I, they really it, do. It was really good and the art was fantastic. It was beautiful. The cover was phenomenal and it was a gorilla busting in on a woman putting makeup on. And it was just awesome stuff. But it's uh, it was Elsinore number five. It was written by Ken Lily Pates, P-A-E-T-Z. Uh, and it has multiple artists. Brian Denham, I think, does the pencils and then you have Mark Sparatio, Josh Meders, M-E-D-O-R-S, and then there's others. Um, it was full color, 32 pages. It cost $3.25. Devils Do Publishing. It was, I mean, I was really impressed with it. For for it never had re- really read much Devils Do stuff, I, I, I'm i going to go back, and I think there's a trade coming out of the first four issues, and I believe there's only nine issues total in this run. So I think it's a mini. This Elsinore's a mini. Um, but I think there's a trade coming out of the first four, and then they'll probably trade the last five or whatever. But it it was it was very interesting, and and I was really impressed by it. Well, I tell you, I did uh, uh, Nightwolf last week, which is a new series coming out by them. And you're right, they are doing horror. It, it's not, yeah, I guess it is kind of horror, um, but it's it's more of a noirish mystery. Well, this, with, this with was horror. this was horror. I mean, Th- this well, was but there was a mystery too. to it too. There was mystery and, and intrigue, and and there's various shades of horror too. Because I was thinking things like Hack and Slash, obviously, which is kind of like a Buffy kind of horror. Mm-hmm. You know, it has that kind of jag, and really like modern horror, more Czech, Texas. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, Tim Seeley wrote exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm a. You know, they're smart. I think Devils Do is like the right size. They can be <laughs> nimble, and I think GI Joe gives them. Like the platform right. to to do these other genres and find something else that clicks. I think Blaylock's a really smart guy, and I think he runs a really cool company. And I always kick myself when the subject of Devils Do comes up, and I'm reminded of you know you still haven't had any Devils Do people on other than Norton, and it's like yeah you're right. I got to get another guy. Well, like I said, I, we've <laughs> talked to, and I think we're gonna have um, the Nightwolf because he contacted us, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Steve, Steve, Steve did. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, he was a real nice guy. And I think we're cool. gonna actually have. It. And you love that book, so Devils. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Seeley, we're going to get Seeley on, on as well. And yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve Ansack, it's actually really funny. Um, we uh, we recorded last week, and I had done Nightwolf as my top of the stack. Well, I, I get home, and like Saturday morning, I've got an email from Steve Ansack, and he's like, hey, guys, you know, I'm working on a new book, and you know, I'd be interested in, in talking with you about it. And I emailed him back, it's like, yeah, I reviewed it last night on the show, listened on Monday's episode. So, cool. so I hope that, uh, Steve, if you listen, uh, I, once again, love Nightwolf, the Zero Issue was great, really looking forward to that series. Uh, yeah, uh, Mike Norton's another guy that's done a lot of work for them. Just yep. did uh, some stuff for uh, Hackslash with yep. with, uh, with with him. Yeah, it's and they're right and around I the think corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. they're, they're a local yeah. company. Exactly. And, and, no, and they're, they're great. They but really I think they're, go over they're, there now. Family Guy. They got the Family Guy license and everything, mm-hmm. and they got uh, the one uh, junior writer writing uh, you know the stories and everything. So that's great. And the Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons stuff, Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like draws that. There you go. And, La- uh, Lost Squad. Lost Squad. I'm a big fan. They do Lost Squad, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, good lord, they're good. All right, my my top of the stack. I'm I'm definitely. I think this is yeah this mainstream. It, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah, you think? <laughs> it's uh, it's been hyped. It's been hyped up. It, it's it's the You're most just un- a Marvel. It's zombie. the most unmainstream mainstream book I've read in a, in a while. Uh, it is uh, Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr.'s Eternals. They are uh, uh, Neil Gaiman is coming back and revisiting Jack Kirby's uh, kind of uh, I would call underdeveloped series. And One of the last things he did uh, for the first time around with, yes. with Marvel before we, how many issues did DC he, and Carmine like 20, 20, was it like 19, 20? 19, oh, it was 19 issues? There you go. Okay. If, um, if anyone out there, and I will preface this, if anyone is interested in learning more about Jack Kirby's Eternal series, listen to Bruce R's Comics Cast podcast from this last week. Okay. He did a complete rundown on the oversized hardcover collection of, yeah, of, a, of Kirby's Eternals and, and did a great rundown of kind of what was going on in Kirby's career at that point. I think that That's was cool. you know, around the time of him changing artboard sizes and, and a lot of, he was getting older, all that stuff. But what well, I, they what, forced him into doing that, didn't yeah, they? He yeah. was using like Monzi's gigantic artboard sizes mm-hmm. and then they you know, Jack, everybody else uses, you know, this and, side. And, and I heard his it. storytelling. It really did. Yeah. Uh, but I it, guess the building blocks, too, for the new guys yeah. in a lot of ways. Yes. Because he certainly took a lot of those Eternals ideas, I think, and transposed them to DC and the new guys. Mm-hmm. It's, and I was was New Gods prior or new after? New Gods Oh, excuse first. me. Okay, so was Eternals back in a second time around? That was his return to Marvel. Oh, there you go. Okay, good. Yeah. Lord, there you go. Look no, at the big brain that. on Mark. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Sharp. No, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, let's, let's well, get it right. On, let's get on, it right by all means. See, on the new version of Eternals, <laughs> yes. number one, the artwork. John Romita Jr. has never looked this good. And I love John Romita Isn't Jr. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I, you know, I like him and I've always liked Romita, but it's so neat when things like this come out and he does, he goes to another, another level and it looks effortless. They're, and it's and it's the last guy that I expected to do well on a book like and this. And he said he was and rushed. It's great. He it's said he great. was rushed on this. They should rush issue. him more. They should rush well, him. I more. don't know what the They're, rest of it's going to look like, but man, uh, those celestial pages. Yeah, he's oh. tremendous. It's uh, uh, people unfamiliar with the Eternals. Uh, once again, listen to Bruce's cast. It'll kind of update you on what's going on with that story, but you don't have to no. because Gaiman does an incredible job. Uh, and that's the whole story is that you're dropped in in the perspective of someone that is just learning about what the Eternals and the Celestials and the Deviants are. <laughs> you know, Im- imagine. Some it, was guys, a, imagine, it was a bit of a stroke of a genius from Gaiman of oh. going, okay, well, how are we going to tell this story and 
and it follows the timeline. This right. is thirty years after yeah. Kirby because Kirby yeah. Kirby originally said it's a fifty year storyline. Now we're thirty years later or eighty eight ninety. Uh, it's yeah uh, twenty eight years whatever twenty odd years <laughs> twenty odd years. <laughs> yes. um, and, and and Gaiman is picking the story up. So something has happened in the last thirty years that he's going to go back and try and explain. The story is amazing. What what I I didn't know if I liked at first, but I talked to Sal about it today. There are some nods to Marvel. What what is going on in the Marvel universe now? Tony Stark is in this. Wasp is in this. There um, there are the little, registration. There's act little snippets Civil about War, Civil yeah. War. And I was like, you know, does this demean the Eternals by having some current? Marvel stuff in, in five or ten years. When I go back and read this, is it gonna is it gonna ruin or 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 take it you know remove me from the story because of my oh here's where they're talking about civil war and after thinking about it you know I I'm actually okay with it. That's cool. It, That's cool. It could it could have lived with or without it, but but it, it it is in there. But I think it is important to show that the Eternals are yes. existing in the Marvel universe, just like they forced Kirby. Because that yeah. I do remember that yeah. they did force Kirby to include the Eternals as well in the in the regular Marvel U. Yeah. So no, that's cool. Gaiman's the man. I mean, it's you know, it's I have full faith in Gaiman telling great stories. It, it is the the cover artist that uh, I'm going to have to look up here. Um, a- absolutely. Uh, as we fill time, as, as I look on the, the name when they, when they announced the Gaiman for the project, Rick Barry. Rick Barry did okay. the cover. It is absolutely gorgeous. Ramita, amazing. That's the surprise. Gaiman telling a great story. If you're, I, I'm going to tell you what to buy. No, uh, you you can wait for the hardcover because I'm sure they're going to come out with one. But oh, I tell you no what, question. I'm yeah. going to pick this one up every month and just love it. This Devour one, it. Th- this will be my first <laughs> read every every month that it comes out. So Eternals loved it. It was yeah, great. I, yeah. With the with the art, I mean, I I've, when John Romita Jr. first came out, I hated his artwork, and then over time, I grew to really enjoy it and really like it. But this was just like heads and you know shoulders above anything he's ever done. The cele- the pages with the celestials I thought was first they just looked amazing. They l- oh. and and but not only that they looked like what it would look like if giant space robot creatures came down yeah. and, and were you know I mean it was just it was so well done and just gorgeous. I mean I, I was well just and I mean, it 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 is it is Ramita doing everything that Ramita is great at but man he is just. Loving that he's working on a Kirby. Oh yeah. Property. Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's, no there's, a, there's a line to follow though because if you if you go back to when he was still with Straczynski on Spider-Man, I think Straczynski was having him do some big epic shots and stuff. And I would say yeah. the same with Miller and, and Wolverine for those twelve issues. I, I just think he's slowly been up in his game, and especially recently. And again, I'm with you, Sal. I've always I've always liked his stuff, and I I think initially I wasn't a big fan back mm-hmm. in the in the late '80s when he first started, but. Now it, it really does, and, and I agree, Chris. It's, well, uh, it's, just, it's over the top. An- another, it's over the top. Another podcast, if you want, you know, I, I would suggest read it and then listen to, to Bruce's cast. But Marvel, uh, the Marvel podcast, actually had a two-parter with Neil Gaiman on, and really entertaining. That's and, cool. And Gaiman really went in with uh, Joe Casada about a lot of his motivations, why this appealed to him, cool. and, and why he's having so much fun with it. I haven't well, heard that What's funny so is um, this, uh, I'm holding up something that Joe you... Joe is not nearly as good an interviewer oh, no. as you with are, the, Sean. With the people that are listening can't see this, I'm holding up these pages. These pages were previewed in other Marvel books, Yeah. and I picked up one. Uh, I think it was... Uh, 
God, was it Captain America? And I just flipped it open, and that page came up. Yeah, and I was whoa, like, what just happened? What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> is this going on in Captain America? <laughs> but this is strangely beautiful. Yeah, I shall I'm like, read it. what is this? And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, it's a preview. It's a funny story. Uh, no, we're talking. Jesus. I, I, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. We were just Start the episode over. All right. Get the English okay. guy back that, that's on. Top, that's top of the stacks. <laughs> um, I t- what's... um. Let's get yeah we I hear um is something going coming going on here something next Friday? going on next week okay yes <laughs> around comics and dark tower <laughs> are pleased to announce that Michael Avery I don't know if Joe if Joe Buco is coming but I know that Mike is coming coward uh, they they no, no. Joe's just probably <laughs> very busy drawing uh, oh, okay. they are the creators of werewolves call of the wild uh, they will be in store and in studio next Friday so that's uh, Friday June 30th are they going to be book signing, signing stuff. Yes, from four to six thirty. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm used to all this. And uh, and then Mike's going to stick around later and uh, be on the show with us. So cool. if you are in the Chicago area, please come in. Mike is just a fantastically nice guy who writes really creepy werewolf books. Uh, yeah, it's a neat story. Yeah, yeah Call check, the Wild. I like it a lot. Check it out at cotwcomic.com. Um, Moonstone. Uh, Chris Marshall uh, up at Collected Comics Library. By the time this airs on Monday, I'm going to expect my trade paperback because we we have a we have a little bet going on between my Cardinals and his Tigers. You mean <laughs> your your Cardinals that just got their Sweat. asses kicked by the White Sox? Yes, yeah, those oh, same Cardinals who are angry. So Chris, so Chris, if you're listening, I'm going to send you the trade that I want because my Cardinals are not going to lose to the Tigers this weekend. Um, <laughs> Why are they? Gonna, Someone's getting dead. Gonna, super I, I don't want to hear it from you. Hey, I want to thank uh, all the great forum posts this week. These posts make our jobs a lot easier. Uh, just so everyone is aware, we will post next week's topic on Tuesday, so uh, be aware of that. Um, uh, we are now proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection of the best comic book podcast on the net, except for Word Balloon. We're talking to John. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to be a scab, I swear to God. Yeah. Crossing the picket line. Uh, you can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. And go to Word Balloon. And I want uh, <laughs> definitely go to Word uh, I want I want to hit on our sponsor again. I'm so excited to be working with these guys. So um, Sal, tell them again about the fine people at you by now. Tell me something. Well, YouByNow.com is your spot on the web for toys, action figures, collectibles, and prop replicas. Check out their excellent selection of DC Direct, Marvel Legends, Master Replicas, Star Wars figures, and more. That's Y-O-U by dot... Oh, by... I'm sorry. That's Y-O-U-BuyNow.com. And the good folks at Y... Jeez. Uh, the good folks at YouBuyNow.com are offering a 10% discount. To all Around Comics listeners, just use the coupon code Around Comics. That's one word, Around Comics, when placing your order and receive an additional 10% off. Youbynow.com, check them out today. They probably have something uh, yes. monkey. They probably I was have on their site. Monkey, they have all, you know, I was on uh, on that site today. I was checking it out, and they have a lot of good stuff. <laughs> fun and, stuff. Yeah, man. real fun stuff. And they, they actually have really good prices on stuff, too. Yeah. And, and and you get an extra 10% off if you listen to Around Comics. Yeah, absolutely. Go do it, guys. We, we would appreciate it. And, uh, we and need Bri- you and, to and Bri- it. You know, podcasting, it, we, we do it because we love it, but there's an expense to it. This helps us. 
this helps them, this helps you, go do it. That's, this that's helps everyone. What's your problem? Everyone. No. You won't like, even go look? Ta- it's Tom, like Tom now, now we're not just telling people what to buy. Right, we're telling, we're telling them where, where to, to buy it. it. Exactly. So, no. Uh, we're it. such whores. No, we, we appreciate it, guys. If, if you do, just mention us. And, uh, and, and we're thanks cheap. For <laughs> um, yes, we are cheap. <laughs> June contest. It's time to go into uh, some haikus. Mm. We're going to announce this next Friday, by the way. So everyone, get your haikus in by <laughs> by Thursday. We're going to pick the the best John, haiku. Do you, do you have a haiku I, you no, can do? Right? No, word balloon is good. I got one. Here. Go, okay. balloon is good. Uh, yes. This is from Matthew Guy. Um, he said, uh, "This is a, his old school monkey style." He said, uh, two wonder twins always got Gleek to help aid the duo, working his tail off." And he said he hopes uh, <laughs> hopes that to, that Tom liked the old school monkey reference. All right, th- this one I did. <laughs> this one's from uh, from it's Wet Rats, and, the, and and this is Wasn't for Tom. This is another one. For, everyone loves Tom. Everyone uh, wants to be near me. The Speed Force is gone, yet still there is a speedster. <laughs> Who is Flash now? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good that one. That was good. I like Man. that. I, like that. I do All like right. that. It's timely. So, um, <laughs> here's one from Papercut. Uh, <laughs> hey, <come laughs> one. On. Well, no, he sent about 12, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to read one. Um, you said that Matt Mix and Matt. Go, go, go. we got a ton of these to go through. This go. is my go. favorite of his. It's, uh, it's deep within me. Black pools reflecting my hate. The void knows you, too. For all you oh, Sentry fans. Sure. I thought Absolutely. that was pretty all right, cool. All right, we, we I know get, who that was. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. From, from our, from our, uh, from our friend a- a- Amy over in the U.K., uh, this is for Tom. More monkeys needed. Tom Caters does cry aloud. But microphones mute. Weak. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Weak. I found it mysterious. mysterious. I think I read that one already. Hold on. I got another one. Sorry. Here. All right. I'm I got kidding. another one. Oh, wait, wait. I got okay. one. I got it was one. average. This is from uh, David Price. Hey, David. Pow, bang, snicked, crash, thwip. Comics are not a genre. Words and pictures meet. Ooh. Nice. It's very angry. Go, David. Sort of uh, the, from the Missy Elliott school of... <laughs> All right, all right. Here's sound here, effects. Here, here's a, here's an around comic. <laughs> I'm harsh. This wet 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 rats is actually replying. All of his posts on the forums have been in haikus now. He's <laughs> totally trapped into. He goes, it's around comics where fanboys meet monkey boys. What's top of the stack? Ooh. Mm. Um. I like that. Can I read one? Sure. No. Uh. <laughs> no. All I got. Go here. You gotta grab, grab those. All right. Oh, my, here I got one. I got one. This is from. This one's from David Price also. Says Rucka, Chris must rave. Salazar in Daredevil. Caters loves monkeys. <laughs> nice. Oh, and staying on the Rucka trend from Wet Rats. Uh, Minder Terra Chase. Cool and efficient killer. Wages private wars. Nice. Hey, that. winner. There's a winner. Please cover your loins. Those purple pants don't hold up after you Hulk out. <laughs> Is that for David? All right, here, no, here's, a, here's another one from Wet Rats, because he was really good at these. Uh, some may dream of claws, others of Cap's mighty shield. I want a flight ring. <laughs> well, here's a good one. This is from Papercut. He's rather, actually, Papercut's rather poetic in these. Yeah, yeah, I know. Here's, uh, the that su- won't be rewarded. <laughs> I'm kidding. It, well, maybe. He's got a couple of really good ones here. I'm going to read them both. Here's the first one. It's her Ooh, scent good. like whispers fills me up. Green eyes flutter. She purrs. Hey tiger. Oh, that was pretty I like that. Oh, one. That was pretty Very good. good. Here, here, here's one. John's. Uh, John's yeah, going. Wet Rats has a great one here. Comedian falls. Blood on smiley face button. Failed heroes find love. 
That that really that, is. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's like very nice. That's like um, that's a pit of that you know Watchmen, condensing yeah, Watchmen awesome. into yeah, a haiku. Exactly. I was gonna say that's that's the pitch. That's the Hollywood pitch. That's pretty good. Then, San, uh, and I got one more from West Rat. Sandman Wesley Dobbs with gas mask, gun, and trench coat faced his evil dreams. Oh, very nice. Well, nod to the Golden Age Sandman. Got a yeah. big, big fan. Here's Who's a good. One. Here's one. This is a um, another paper cut. Well, the Wesley sun's Dobbs. not so far mm-hmm. when you're riding cosmic waves. Though lotion's a must. (laughs) (laughs) I have one from Little Witch. British summertime. As dark as Vertigo books, what's that large, bright light? I don't know. What is that large, bright light? I don't know. All right. Anybody reading Albion? By the way, I'm waiting for the trade. Uh, I've been reading it, yeah. Is it good? I'm waiting for the trade. You're good waiting for the trade because it's it's a little convoluted. Okay. I mean, it's good. I, I don't mean that, you know, it's just... Reading it issue to issue and month to month, it's a little hard to do. I wish okay. I would have waited for the trade. I like it. I just got. I'm gonna have to go back and read it really. Okay. But, yeah, but I'm, it's, I'm, it's been interesting. It's another you know sort of postmodern you know deconstruction post. of of some British classic, characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. classic and, British yeah. characters. But and yeah, I'm, it's, I'm just it's, it's been very good. The, the first British. two issues were really good, I thought. Okay. And then I kind of fell off on it in the last couple, but, but eh. they're on like five of six. I think they're on five. Yeah. The British and their characters. All right, all right, all right, you jokers. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Kieran Gillen Let for being on the play. show today. Um, please check out Phonogram. Phonogram sounds very cool. Very awesome. Uh, John, thank you so much for sitting there. Yeah. Gentlemen, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Sal, uh, we really missed you last week. Oh. Uh, fam- family doing, doing well? Everybody healthy? Family's all healthy and fine. All right. Strong. everyone for, for your concern. Yeah, my, my daughter's doing much better now. Awesome. Great. Tom? Always. I'm good. Okay, any, any other announcements? Your <laughs> oh, um, uh, guys, the, the forum at aroundcomics.com, please check it out. Uh, we've had a we actually had new forum members come into the store tonight and cool. and talk with us before the show. So that was uh, uh, Bernie. Bernie. Which, Bernie. Which I, I, call, I, call, I called him Benji and Benny. Yeah. Today. And so I hey, Ryan. Yeah. Have a fantastic week. We will be back again next Monday with another full length episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in. And around comics. Comics! If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.